0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I want to make sure you're ready, bro. Here it is. Show me the money. look at Oh, my I took got i, found I found Jerry. Hey. Hey. Does that
2: make me feel good to Show you the money. Oh no no no! You can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say what you would mean, it, brother. Hey, I got box Look on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah yeah no no no. Show you the money. That not show you. Show me the money. Show me the
3: money. Show yes! louder. Show me the money. That's it, brother! But you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money, Jerry. You better yell. Show me the money. Show me the money! Show me the money!
2: I oh, black people! I love black people! Who's your motherfucker, Jerry? You my
4: motherfucker! What you gonna do, Jerry? Me the money!
5: Your new University of Miami coaching staff has been shown the money to a degree never seen before. But now, with the recruiting dead period ending this weekend, it's time to go to work. with Mark Rick's son, John, waiting on the sidelines for a role still to be defined. The offensive line coach replacing Art Kehoe is Stacy Cyril, a veteran of the coaching game who spent his last two years at Virginia Tech, previously worked in Texas, and previously also worked with Mark Rick at Georgia. The new running back coach is young Thomas Brown, a rising star in the coaching industry who was so valued by Mark Rick that he stood eye-to-eye and toe-to-toe with new Georgia coach Kirby Smart and was able to win the battle for Brown's services. Brown initially announced that he was going to stay at Georgia, but then Mark Rick came back with a better offer, more money, made him the co-offensive coordinator, elevated Thomas Brown in his career, and brought him to Miami, and the people that I speak to can't say enough good things about Thomas Brown, and I think he's going to be a great coach for the hurricanes for several years to come at the running back position. The defensive line coach, probably the biggest rock star of the group, Craig Kulagowski, coach cool, affectionately referred to by everyone around college football, he's one of the most well regarded defensive line coaches in the country. Your defensive coordinator. Manny Diaz, oftentimes in his career, considered one of the brightest young defensive minds in college football. He's had some ups and downs. His critics like to dwell on his failure at Texas. His proponents like to point to the work that he's done in multiple stops at Mississippi State. He runs an aggressive, attacking defense that Miami fans have been clamoring for. You're going to have to endorse some big plays from time to time, but without a doubt, Manny Diaz is. Defense that he will bring to Miami football this fall is going to be exciting, and it's going to be full of attacking and big plays. Your new cornerbacks coach, a familiar name, Mike Rumpf, your former Cane player with NFL experience who has been very successful at the high school level and now will fulfill a lifelong dream that he's had from the time he played at Miami to now coach at Miami. Your safeties coach, Ephraim Banda, who was a graduate assistant last year at Mississippi State. Players that we have spoken to who played for Banda and the Bulldogs last year have spoken very highly of him. He's a young coach. He's not real experienced, uh, but obviously somebody that Mark Rick feels that he can build with as he puts together a mix of veteran guys and young young upstart coaches like Mike Rumpf and Banda. Your special teams coach, Todd Hartley, uh, another relatively inexperienced coach. He was the lead recruiting guy at Georgia last year, previously coached at Marshall. He'll head up the special teams for Mark Richt. And I think it's a phenomenal idea that Richt is taking one of his coaching positions and basically putting that person in charge of special teams, which are such a huge part of the game. And that's something that a lot of coaches throughout college football Don't do because they don't feel like they have that convenience. But when you take the fact that Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator, is also capable of coaching the linebackers, and Mark Richt, the head coach, is also capable of coaching the quarterbacks, uh, that frees up room to make Todd Hartley the special teams coordinator. Now, what's coming around the horizon? I know that's what everybody wants to know. Who's the tight end's coach going to be? Who's the wide receiver's coach going to be? Obviously, Kevin Beard. He refuses to leave the building, ladies and gentlemen. KB is not going down without a fight. He's staying in front of Mark Rick. He wants that receiver's job incredibly badly. Um, but obviously, Mark Richter is considering others, or KB would have been named already. We'll see how that continues to develop. Um, but as of this afternoon, uh, last time we checked on that, it was about 5.30. There were no announcements imminent, and uh, and KB was still in limbo. Who's going to be the tight ends, Coach? We have absolutely no idea right now. Obviously, the wildest rumor I threw out on the message board yesterday, and I said that if that job's not filled in the next couple days, that it's very possible that and a lot, and some people around the country have been calling me on this and think this could be the case, but I want to qualify it by saying there's no hard evidence of this at all. But some people think that um, Coach Rick might take a run at Mario Cristobal with that open spot on his staff, you know, possibly as an assistant head coach, a co offensive coordinator, a recruiting coordinator, um, you know, something along those lines. Try to put together an appealing package that would bring Mario Cristobal back to Miami. Um, like I said, no evidence that that's taken place, but it is something that's being rumored in certain circles around college football. Uh, we'll see what happens there in the days to come. And if Mark Rick fills that tight end spot with somebody else or if it goes into the weekend uh, and into next week open, there is a chance that he's either looking at Ball or maybe there also could be somebody in the National Football League that's still coaching. So we'll talk about the new coaching staff and more tonight as we begin a new edition of Cane Sport Live, sponsored this evening by Nuts.com. And I'll tell you more about Nuts.com later in the show. So hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com. And we once again welcome you to the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. As always, it's your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646 595 we have 100 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. We're going to, again, continue to use the system we have all year. If you, if you, if you want to participate in the show, hit the number 1 on your keypad. That will send us a prompt and let us know that you would like to come on and participate. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. How long does it t- typically take a new coaching hire to get relocated and settled in? Are these coaches ready to hit the ground running, or is it going to take a few days? I can tell you, they're ready to hit the ground running. I mean, these guys are getting into town and they're going right to work. And uh, right now, what's going on is they have to sit back and they have to take a look at the recruiting class. It's going to be all about recruiting for the next couple weeks, and um, they have to. Every recruit that's been on the board for Miami is subject to reevaluation and these coaches have to watch those players and decide who, who they want and who fits into their systems. And it could be distinctly different than what Al Golden or Mark D'Onofrio or James Coley saw and and their staff saw in all these months leading up to, to now, when all this recruitment has taken place, you basically could take it and put it all off to the side burner. It's a clean slate. And these coaches now have about three days here to sift through it and figure out um, you know, how they want to attack these last couple weeks of recruiting. So without question, they are hitting the ground running. There's no time to get settled in. Um, this is uh, prime time for college football coaches. They'll be able to take a deep breath the first Wednesday in February when National Signing Day gets here, and then they'll start getting ready to put their systems in and get ready for spring practice, which will start in the middle of, of March. Will Brad Kaya be taking snaps from under center in the Mark Rick offense? I would say there's a you know, very strong likelihood of that. Um, you know Mark Rick used both the quarterback under center and the shotgun at Georgia. I don't see why it would be any different here. Uh, next question that came in, what backs will benefit the most from Rick's offense? Um, I, I think you've got to look at Gus Edwards if he's able to rehabilitate. He's a big power back. Rick likes those kind of backs. Um, but I wouldn't dismiss Mark Walton either. Uh, he really came on at times in his freshman year, and, and I think that he's a guy um, that that also could be very successful in the Mark Richt offense, uh, largely because of his capability of catching passes out of the backfield. And uh, Walton really excels at that. Uh, so I would point to those two. And and you're going to say, man, you know, you're leaving Year B out. He was almost a thousand yard rusher this year. You know, Year B will obviously continue. To get his reps, but the question was who do I think will benefit the most from the Mark Richt offense, and I would have to first say Gus Edwards and Mark Walton ahead of Yearby in that regard. Um, does Richt have to change or adapt his style of play to fit the athletes and the talent at Miami, and will this become an adjusted version of Georgia football? And the best way that I can answer that question, and anybody who calls in tonight, feel free to chime in on this subject, but I don't think Georgia football has been that distinctly different than Miami football. I mean, Mark Rick's run a pro-style type offense. He likes to throw the ball. He likes to use the tight ends and the backs. you know, it's it's a pretty sophisticated passing game. I don't think that there's a lot of difference between Georgia football and Miami football, and I don't think there's going to be any adjustment process at all for Mark Richt. I think the same type of athletes that he tried to recruit to Georgia are the same type of athletes that he'll try to recruit to Miami, and uh, so I don't um, I don't really see any adaptation issues there whatsoever. Um, how many top recruits can Rick likely close on? Uh, it's hard to put a number on it. I I think they're obviously going to take their shots all over the place. I mean, you have coaches coming in who have relationships with recruits in different areas that that they've been recruiting under at their previous stops in schools. and uh, So I think you have a wide-open recruiting board, and and there shouldn't be anything that would shock anybody, um, you know, For example, you know, Thomas Brown's got a relationship with Whaley, the running back from from Texas, who just committed to Arkansas this past weekend. Uh, Whaley told me at the Under Armour game that he's almost certainly going to visit Miami uh, later this month. So would it shock anybody whatsoever if Whaley flipped from Arkansas to Miami? Um, Absolutely not. And I think that there'll be a lot of uh, situations like that that'll come up, up here in the next three weeks. Is Mark Rick going to change the practice times from the morning to the afternoon? I don't think there's any question about that. And and I'll, I'll, I don't think it'll happen this spring because the players already have their class schedules in place. And I, the way they've been setting up the schedules at Miami has been predicated on the the idea of players practicing in the morning, going to school in the afternoon. But one of the biggest things about Mark Rick is families and he wants his coaches to have their family time, and the best way to do that is is in the morning. He wants them to be able to drive their kids to school and 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 have breakfast with their wife and kids, and and not be at the office at 5 a.m. So it's going to be a little bit different than what you've typically maybe seen. Around Miami for a long, long time, with you know where coaches show up to work at five o'clock and you know stay till nine o'clock at night, you know that kind of thing. I think you're going to see a little bit of a shift here. You're going to see coaches allowed to have family time in the morning. I think you're going to see a lot of the families being around the Schwartz Center um, and having dinners there and things like that. It's a very important part of what Mark Richt is. He doesn't feel that family time has to be exclusive to having success on the football field. And when you look at his track record at Georgia, it's really hard to question him with the 7-10 win seasons. And so things are going to be a lot different around UM here in the coming years. And I think you'll see practices move back to the afternoon for the fall next year. And finally, Kane Sport called Tyree Brady's dismissal-slash-failure to remain with the program a couple months ago. Are there any other players that are walking on thin ice from your, from your perspective? Uh, yeah, there are, but you know, the the thing that's tricky is with a coaching change, you don't really know what Mark Rick's going to think and, and how he's going to handle these situations. But I see five kids that I personally would be surprised if they're back next year. And, and that would be gray crow, Walter Tucker, Damari Jones, Jake O'Donnell, and Jelani Hamilton. And, um, you know, those five guys just don't seem to be going anywhere with their Hurricane football careers. Um, I'm pretty sure most of them have gra- are graduating here after the spring semester. And my guess is that those five would be the greatest candidates to skip their, their last year and go on with their lives and start pursuing um, other dreams that they might have. All right, so tons of stuff to talk about tonight, the new coaches you know recruiting um again uh, the phone number is 646-595-2048 646-595-2048 hit the number 1 on your keypad if you would like to come on the show let's begin tonight in the 850 where you're live on Kane Sport Live
3: How's it going Gary
5: Oh it's going who's this
3: this is Omar, man. It's been a while since I called in.
5: Hey, what's up, Omar? Welcome back to the show. What you got for us tonight? A man. I
3: got a lot, so I'm gonna go fast. Um, I watched on the Under Armour game, man. It was. You saw that connection with Allison and uh, and Mullen, Yep. That one hand catch, man. That was amazing. That was amazing, man. I was like, yeah. We. I, I feel like our recruits that did go to that game, they did pretty
6: good. Uh, well, you know, I, was I saw game, that.
5: Oh, during the week also when I was out there. And um, they had a great chemistry with each other. And Deontay Mullins was as good as any receiver on the field all week Man, that out was there.
3: that was fast. That well, yeah, works
5: he, 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 fast. Yeah, I mean, he's been working on his speed. He's faster than he's ever been. But, um, you, you know, he didn't play high school football this year. And there was every reason yeah, for Yeah, I know.
3: Beat. He sat out. He but he took saying, that game I very seriously. Anything. And he
5: actually trained to go up there. And his preparation showed. He did great.
3: Man, he did awesome. Um, another thing, that boy. Uh, do you think we have any chance with uh that boy Rashawn uh, Aguirre? Oh my God, that boy tore it up. He was all over the place that game. If you didn't know if you watch that game, you knew him by the end of that game because he he was all over the place. That boy is a beast. He deserves yeah, to be really the good. number one
5: pick. Oh, well, hopefully he, he, he was, visits Miami. You know, you'll see here in the next few weeks. He said it was a live possibility.
3: Man, I almost give my first uh, unborn for that. weather, the commit? Man, that man, he he he's a beast. Um, another thing. Let me see. I'm gonna go to the next question. Okay, the transfer from um Georgia. You think he uh you think he'll be a playmaker next year because he got to sit out a year, right? That uh Isaiah,
5: I believe he would have to sit out of year. I don't he's got some hardship issues that. You know, and I'm not sure. I, I think the NCAA is out of the business of waiving that that year that you have to sit out. Uh, so I'm uh-huh. pretty sure he would have to sit out a year if if he comes. But he's yeah. a dynamic
3: kicker. Yeah, man. I think he he he, he might be right. Uh, another. We're gonna move on. Let us see. Oh yeah, the head coach that we had from high school. Do you think any of the recruits that are coming out from his team? Mike sniff and go to Miami with him to,
5: to come to Miami now. The American headers um, I mean, high school coach. It, it, it's logical uh, that one or two of them would. The, the one that I would really watch is, is Eubanks, the the tight end big mm-hmm. receiver that they have there. Who
3: He's a yeah, really good player.
5: Yeah. And, and Alabama's been yeah. been really hard on him, and, and, and it's been doing really well. But with, with Rump coming to Miami now, I'm expecting his recruitment to really heat up the next few weeks. And I wouldn't be shocked if he yeah. had the class. Was that
3: the same boy that came to um, to Miami and was with uh, uh, Rich? Took the photo with Rich. Was that, uh, that a different boy? I remember tight end, big, big time tight end, Tucker. Talking about Isaac Gata? Oh, I... that's who that was. Okay. Yeah.
5: Okay. He, he's okay. a little bit of a long shot. I mean, he's probably going to go to Georgia, but. Uh, the thing we've heard on him is that it's not totally dead with him in Miami. He really was very impressed when he came down, yeah. but uh, that's going to be a tough one to overcome. Uh, I mean, if I had to make a bet on that one, I would say Georgia. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, moving on. Hurley uh, Brown. Do you? I haven't heard anything about him. Do you think he's going to be retained, or you think no. he's already
6: out the door? No,
5: he's no. not going to be. Nope. Uh, so. Damn, look they're like really, they're really overlander. trying to make a clean start here. You know, they're they're they're, they're really. They're,
3: I mean even secretary got uh got reassigned.
5: Yeah, I mean they're really they're trying to make a clean a whole clean slate with this football program. I mean, listen, it's been a yeah. tough decade. It's, it's been a bad decade. Uh, and if if you, if if you look at it honestly, sometimes these things are tough. But when you if you look at it honestly, it's exactly what the doctor ordered.
3: Yeah. Okay, um, Mario. You said he may come on. Do you think he's gonna take? Uh, you said it might be the tight end uh, uh, coach, tight end position. Um, but you, do you think he'll come no, on? No, I'm not a, saying. Uh, I'm not
5: predicting that. That's not what I said. I, what I'd I know said. I you're saying. He, I'm saying. Say I'm saying may, there, there's there's chatter. The there's a lot of people out there that yeah. think that Mark Rick may go after Mario. Yeah. You know he's holding. He's holding that spot. You know, I mean, had Larry Scott stayed. That spot wouldn't be there. But when Larry Scott decided he didn't want Never. to stay at Miami, now a lot of people yeah, think the market might go after Mario with that position.
3: Yeah. Okay. And, okay, I'll move on. Um, I read in the article that uh, Alabama had paid their sprinting and conditioning coach $600,000 to stay because he was going to go to Georgia. What do you think we should pay our sprinting and conditioning coach
5: Whatever they whatever they find, you pay somebody based on who they are and what their value is. You know, I uh, I mean, let me put it this way: I heard they they're possibly paying Thomas Brown, for example, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than any other coordinator Whoa. has has ever made in history at Miami. Mark D'Onofrio was making like about six hundred six fifty. Okay, so you know, but the That's reason whatever. that they he had they, <laughs> they, they probably yeah. would have loved to to pay. Thomas Brown's six hundred, for example, or even five hundred, but yeah, that must have gotten it done. You know, it, it, you know, Georgia, Georgia really wanted to keep him. And let's look. I mean, to yeah. the benefit of Thomas Brown, there was a bidding war for his services, and and Mark Richt had to step up to the plate to land him. And he's an important hire for Mark Richt, and he got it done. So um, it's, a, it's you know a he
3: did what Al didn't, didn't. You know what he did what Al didn't do when it came down to a Mario. When Alabama
2: upped the price up, he should have upped
3: the price and we oh, would have had I Mario right time.
5: now. Yeah, I, I said that at the time it happened. I mean, how do you just let him yeah. walk out the door? And if Nick Saban is offering yeah, him 600000 or $700,000, you have got to step up to the plate. You don't just let your most stupid. talented recruiter and one of your best coaches walk out the door and go to Alabama. And people give me all kinds of crap on the message boards about Mario. But Mario's done nothing but achieve since he walked out the door and went to Alabama. You know, he's been national yeah. recruiter. He's been national offensive line coach of the year. His offensive yeah. line is of the best offensive line in college football. He recruited and developed every single one of those guys. And they're playing for the national title behind a Heisman Trophy running back whose path was paved by his offensive line. Mario's stop
3: it, Gary. Just stop talking, man. You're just making me mad over here. <laughs> You're making me mad over here. Just think well, about it. If he would have
1: hired him right now,
3: we would have had the opportunity of retaining the Mario right now instead of trying to, reach up, trying to hire him.
5: If they don't let Mario Cristobal walk out the door that day when Nick Saban called, Al Golden's still the head coach right now. I have no problem saying that.
3: And, that's the, and that was his because, biggest problem, the offensive
5: line. Just because they would have gotten, gotten a push, push on the run. All the, that they didn't get And it's not just about the offensive line He, you know, he was going to coach the tight ends so Art was going to coach the offensive line It's not just about what position It's about the impact in recruiting at every position That he would have made He's recruited five star defensive backs To Alabama He's recruited five star defensive tackles To Alabama Plus he's yeah. recruited the best offensive yeah. lines In the country in the last three years To Alabama yeah. That's one of the best recruiters in college football Man, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's ridiculous sad.
3: Now, now we would have to pay even more than what Al was got to pay or would have, have paid if he would have just paid it then. To get him on right now, I bet we would have to pay more than Al would, was if he would have just bumped up the price and, and paid the guy. We have to pay way more now, man. It's just a sad situation. But something that Mark is doing right now is every guy that he's choosing is not only a great position coach, but a great recruiter. Like, these guys are great at recruiting in in their position, along with just the skills and techniques that they bring to the table. Like, it's, again, I'm I'm happy right now. Like, I'm I'm watching everything. I know, you know, I'm very happy right now. And my last question, do you think there's any possibility of another d tackle that we just don't see in the picture that maybe
5: comes to Miami or could look to Miami. It's it's too soon for me to say that because we don't know who they're gonna recruit. I mean I, I when I said earlier that it's 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 an open canvas. It really is an yeah. open yeah. canvas. I mean like yeah. like there's this there's this junior college cornerback um uh dev Devron um oh god Davis yeah, the look. boy that we got
3: yeah yeah, 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 the yeah new, give me one word, second the new recruit. I know
5: what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah Devron Davis okay yeah. Um, he's at a Merced Community College out in California. He's dying to commit to Miami. He told us he's going to commit on his visit, okay? well, yeah, he might not even be invited to visit now you know he's he's sitting out there in limbo he's 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 been messaging really? he's been messaging us, asking us trying to trying to find out from us what's going on I mean, we don't know what's going on with him <laughs> you what? know but but you know, yeah, yeah, he's in total limbo. He's ready. <laughs> He's ready to commit. And yeah,
3: he doesn't know if he's
5: gonna he, visit if he, he still did. has an offer. And I tell that story because I think all of the recruits are like that. And uh you know, you know, this is a new staff and and in these next three or four yeah. days they're gonna sit down and they're gonna watch film on every single kid, not just that's been being recruited by Miami, but that they've been recruiting at Georgia and everywhere else, and they're gonna put a they're gonna put a whole new recru- recruiting board up.
6: Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, do you, one last question. Do you think that boy, that running back Moss, do uh, you think he's worth recruiting, or do you think he's just an uh, okay back?
5: I've the always felt that, uh, okay I mean, I, that Miami should be shooting higher than that. Now, am I right yeah, or wrong?
3: I'm, I thought I that, yeah, I, I felt the same way. And plus, we got a, um, another boy coming in. And they say he kind of, Moss seemed like a mixture of power and speed, but he more power. And you know Georgia kind of like that. I mean, they like their bats like that, but I don't. I don't think he's a. Uh, I think we can do better, really, with, with what we already have, you know. But um, that'll be all, man. I'm just listening, man. Excited about this recruiting process, and excited about what's coming next with who's next to be hired.
5: All right, you got it. Hey, thank, thank, thank you for being part of the show as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right, man. Yep. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. The number six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go to the four zero four now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Wait. Now, now you're on. Go ahead. How are you doing tonight? What's good, Gary?
7: This is Uki. Oh, eight,
5: man. Hey, what's up, Uki? Hey, I tried to get your mu- to get the music right for you tonight.
7: Yeah, um, man. I'm telling you, I'm.
5: I'll be honest with you. I, I couldn't take your first suggestion because I couldn't find anything that would be appropriate.
7: <laughs> hey, it ain't, it ain't even got to be, it ain't got to be no two chains, man. We just got to get some hip hop on here, man. You know, that's, it ain't got to be two chains. Let's just, just turn it yeah, up Yeah, I, I bit, just couldn't man. find,
5: I couldn't find one of their songs that would have, that would have been appropriate for the show. So I that went with health Bells it. tonight.
7: That's cool. That's cool. That's old school, chains. I can, I can rock with that. But, um, uh, a couple of questions, man. Um, I guess my first question is a lot of these coaches um, that have been assembled, uh, you know, they, they've been in the SEC um, over the years playing in front of, like, packed stadiums and stuff like that. What what do you think the tra- how the transition is going to be for them where they're used to coming to game days where the atmosphere is wild and crazy, SEC crazy, even when they play against teams like uh, Georgia Southern or, or Vanderbilt? Uh, what do you think, you know what I'm saying, when they when they come to that first game in Sun Life and playing against Virginia or, or Duke and it's, the stadium is halfway full?
5: You're asking me what the coaches are going to think?
7: Yeah, I mean, like, what do you think? Like, do you think it will have an effect? You know what I mean? Cause well, like they're I think going to be. I,
5: I think if it stays that way, they're going to look around and say, what the heck's going on here? You know, it's like every coach that comes here. I mean, some of those crowds that, that – that you have down here are a little crazy, you know, but Mm -hmm. I still maintain that the university of Miami has never put a representative product in Sun Life stadium. And until Mm -hmm. it does so, and I'm not, I, I don't know if it'll happen this year or not. We'll see how the team comes together, but until it puts a representative product on the field in Sun Life stadium, I don't think you could judge Miami fans and ability to draw and the ability of that stadium to be a quality home field or any of those things. I just I just don't. I just don't think that we've ever gotten the real picture because they've never had a team that would excite the community to the point where your fringe fans would come out to the games. Exactly. And
7: another thing, what you, you see like the uh, what is U M going to do like for as like promoting the football program going forward. I always say, like, you know, promotion-wise, you know what I'm saying, they they could do a better job. You know, like a lot of the SEC programs, they tend to dip into uh, a lot of other uh, – some of them came down to Florida and built, put up billboards and stuff like that on the highways. I've seen Auburn do it in Atlanta, put up billboards in Atlanta. Do you see UMA doing anything like that going forward, like the, to kind of promote recruiting and uh, the football program going forward?
5: I mean they have in the past. They've always had billboard deals. So I don't see why they would stop now. Um, but I mean like
7: that's I mean in the city I understand that. But I mean like in other recruiting areas like going up towards North Florida, going into Georgia or Louisiana. Texas. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Do you see yeah,
5: that? You know what? I, that stuff's gimmicky. I don't see that. That's that's stupid. That's a waste of money. You're not going to get a kid because you put a... I mean, how many how many kids did Rutgers get because they put a billboard up on I-95? I mean, I, yeah, that's desperation.
7: No, I, I don't know if it's desperation, but I mean, I just, it's just it's some creative ideas. Could it seems like UM just kind of thinks it's going to sell itself. You know what I mean? I'm just wondering, like, you know what I'm saying? What is it going to do to kind of just bring, you know what I'm saying, just to bring a new type of excitement to the program, you know what I mean, I understand people saying when and people will come and all stuff like that, but sometimes you know you gotta kind of take it to that next level I mean, I like what's going on, the excitement with the coaches and everything like that, you know, and uh, but you know i'm just I'm just curious to you know what promote what does the promotions um area what what do they have installed? Going forward, um, uh, we,
5: promoting the post. we have no idea. I mean, they always come up with a campaign. Obviously, you bring a new coach in; it's all going to be all going to revolve around him. But the thing that they have mm-hmm. to consider is that they also have a quarterback going into his third year that should be highly marketable in Brad Kaya. So they have different options when it comes to marketing uh, around those two. And you just got to hope that that creates a lot of excitement in South Florida going into next season, and that more people go to the games. Yeah,
7: and then one more thing, Gary. You know, um, a lot of people, you know, talking about uh, you would you in the last caller y'all was talking about a uh, particular running back, and um, you know, you talking about you and being able to shoot, be able to shoot shoot for higher, when it comes to some of these recruits in certain positions, and I kind of agree as well. You know, I know a lot of people. there's one kid. I can't think of it was. I think his name is Jawan. A lot of people are advocating for him to get a, a, a offer because they feel like he really want to be a cane. and I and I understand all that. But I think it's time we start going out for players different makers, man, not just people who just wanna be canes at the end of the day, that could be anybody in Miami, you know what I'm saying If they ain't got a better offer then with my of course, if they don't have a better offer than Miami, of course, I'm gonna be dying hard to come to Miami because that's the biggest offer I got out of u c f or f a u or u s f that's the biggest offer I got, so of course I'm begging to get that begging to get that offer, but at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Is that is that player worth, you know what I'm saying? Is he worth it? Is he that type of player that we're looking for take that take the game to the next level? We've been having pretty good running backs from Duke all the way down to, like, Joseph Jer- Yerby now. But we're trying to find that elite back, that elite back that can take us to that next level, you know. I mean, it's cool, you know what I'm saying? The buddy want to come to the UM. He, he, he want to be part of the family and everything like that. But if Rick can find somebody that's better, I'm all for it.
5: Yeah, no argument for me on that one. Alright. I do want to give a shout out
7: to uh Kane's Kane, uh my homie Big Slater Big Slaughter and uh my homie shake, shake my wing. And uh I'm out, Gary.
5: You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Let's go to the um let's go to eight six three now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, hello. Yes, sir, that's you.
8: All right, all right. Um, I just got a couple questions uh, uh, or a couple comments. Number, the first thing is uh, I'm going back a little bit, but uh, when did they uh, recruit and start the uh, the star system?
5: No uh, um, five it,
8: star, four star, um, three
5: star. It, it's been decades. I mean, it goes back to when people used to get their recruiting information by nine hundred lines. I mean, and they they put out magazines and stuff. It's it's been it's been a long time.
8: Uh, because the the reason why, and I've mentioned this a couple of times before is not to say that star ratings are overrated, um, but you, you know, you're going to have your five star recruits who pan out and become great players and even go off to the NFL, but then you're going to have those that don't pan out. Actually, I would venture off to say that it's a lot more than you would expect that you know, our five stars that don't pan out to be great NFL players or even high school players. I mean, not high school, um, college players. Uh, and then you get to your, your three-star average players uh, or what would, some would consider average, uh, and those become the um, the superstars. So that, that's why I think the star ratings is, is a little overrated uh, a little bit. You know, that's not to say that you shouldn't go after, you know, five stars and four stars or whatnot, but sometimes – I'll I I say this. I'll tell you this. I think the defensive lineman, the defensive line, is probably where you should look for five stars and four stars, is on the defensive line. But the the skill position, I don't necessarily think you need a five star, four star. Here, um,
5: here's the here's the thing about about, about star rankings. Okay, they're, they're subjective uh-huh. opi- they're subjective opinions, yep. and exactly. in most case in most cases, they're subjective opinions by people that aren't necessarily coaches, and and you know like you know, they they it doesn't mean they don't have knowledge, it doesn't mean they can't evaluate, but it's it's just it's a very subjective thing and, and it's a loose guideline. Mm-hmm. It's not an it's not an absolute guideline and, and that's why you see guys that are three star players go to college and play like five star players and you see guys that yep. are five stars go to college and play like two or three stars and be and bust Tr- out. Tracy Howard Tracy Howard is one. He's not a five star player in no way, shape or form. Yep.
8: Sure isn't. He's slow as dirt, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. Central Henderson is another one. He was a five-star coming out of high school, and he didn't pan out that great. And But then at the same time, maybe it's coaching, you know. At the same time, maybe it's been our coaching. Um, so I don't, you know, uh, I'm not going to harp on that one too much longer. Mike Rump, the new DB coach when he was when he was at the u how was he as far as dealing with the media do you think he was somebody who was you know he he how was he you you've you been you've been um, coming
5: uh um, yeah. he he's very very well spoken there there will not be any issues with him dealing with the media yeah you know, i'm okay. not i don't know that he loves dealing with the media i mean you know he's not archeo but he, there won't be any issues there
8: uh and I hear a lot of people saying um, he's not. You know, we shouldn't be going after no high school coaches or whatever. He hasn't been. You know, we need an experienced DB coach and yada this yada that. I don't agree. I think he was a very successful high school coach, and he was a very successful high school coach for a reason. I think we should give him. He should get this chance, and I think he'll do fine.
5: I mean, if he didn't have um, the career he had. You might be more skeptical, but, I mean, this is a guy that played several years in the National Football League. Uh exactly. he, he he was a, a, a first-round draft pick coming out of college. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's every reason in the world to believe that he should be a quality cornerbacks coach. Yep. I agree. And then
8: I heard – there was another message board where I heard – Somebody saying the old line coach that we got is overrated or something or not even on the same level as Kehoe. I disagree. Looking at, uh, he was an All American coming out, and he's you know and coming from Virginia Tech, you would you would assume he's um, he's you know pretty good coming out of Virginia Tech. That's what I would assume. Uh, what's your what's your take on him? I think
5: it's century All or something like that. So, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who you who the all out Oh, from I
6: mean,
5: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, he's. I mean, he's been around all over the place. He was really successful at Texas. Um, had had a, had a really good career there. Uh, they they got him to to come to Virginia Tech. a Great job by Frank Beamer getting him there. I'm not sure his lines at Virginia Tech were so great, but but um, I'm not sure that was Stacy's fault. You know, I I, I mean you know, he was only there for a few years and he kinda had a run with what was there and they struggled a little bit. But I don't think that means that he's yeah. not a quality offensive line coach. He's very well respected. And Mark Rick had him at Georgia uh in the past and thought enough of him to bring him back to the point where he sent Art Kehoe packing and Art Kehoe was a guy that played with Mark Rick. So, um for yeah. Rick to do that, I think that kinda tells you what kind of conviction that he had about Stacey. And uh, so I I think you got to have faith there that it'll be a quality hire.
8: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to end with one more comment. And this is for all the Kings fans, because I've been on some of these message boards and and I'm seeing some negative stuff. I'm like, you guys, some of you guys are just ridiculous. You know, it's like, you can't be happy with nothing. I mean, we got a new coach, head coach, um, and he's doing the best he can. And I think he's, have some quality players. I mean, quality coaches. Um, and let's give him. Let's see what he does. Let's let's just wait and see what we do. I'm, I'm looking at some of these message boards, and I'm like, I mean, complaining about you know the hirings. Or, I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. That's all. I'll leave it at that. Um, and can you uh, leave me on hold, please?
5: You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. I- all right, the number six four six five nine five two zero four eight. If you want to participate in the show, hit the number one on your keypad. Let's go to the four oh four now. You're live on Team Sport Live.
9: Gary, yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing?
5: Doing good, doing good. Who's this?
9: Oh, man, from
5: New Orleans. What's up, man? Welcome How back. You How you been? All right, all right. Can oh I man, we've been working, man? we've been working like maniacs, man. The, the phones man. don't stop. The message boards man, I'm are insane.
6: Man, it's been, it's, I know you working, man.
5: It's been nuts. No, I no. I mean, listen, when I tell you you working
9: and and and, and uh, Mark Rick working when when it, when you look at Mark Rick cleaning house, man, I can't believe they even, they, they even got rid of Josh Darrow from doing <laughs> the post game show.
5: Yeah, well, they. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it. It, 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 it's not <laughs> the post game show. He was trying to oh, he was trying to learn how to be a football ops guy and um you know oh, okay. I- I- okay. in all fairness i mean the university of miami needs to step up its game i mean you know and and i and i know they're looking into some experienced guys out there in college football who have a lot of recruiting experience and ops experience and i mean this place has got to stop being a training ground man i mean it, it, you know what's been going on here the last 10 years has been a disaster And, you know, Josh, he's a good guy. He'll land on his feet and Mm -hmm. find something, you know, I'm sure for himself. But, um, you know, if you're talking about having a limited number of ops guys working and recruiting in a football program, you know, to me, you need guys that have connections all around the country who Mm -hmm. um, who can you know, can have experience and can really get it done. Uh, you know, you look back when Miami was most successful, Butch Davis had Pete Garcia as his right-hand guy, as a recruiting ops guy. And I'll tell you right now, you know, Pete gets his knocks as athletic director at FIU right now and, and you know, always had his, his proponents and critics. But uh, he was a big part of what Butch Davis was able to get accomplished uh, at Miami, and you really need these. Those are the guys behind the scenes that are doing a lot of the legwork that n- nobody out here ever sees. And you really got to make those positions count. And obviously, Mark Rick feels like he needs experienced guys that you know really work it and work it hard every single day. And that's what they're looking for.
9: I get that. I totally get What about uh, linebackers? What do you think about? Um... Michael Barrow and Justin Do You think any of those guys? No, no. Enough? I think Man, nah.
5: Manny Manny Diaz coached the linebackers at Mississippi State. It looks like that's mm-hmm. how they're setting up the 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 staff here. The fact that he coaches linebackers is allowing them to split up the DBs the way that they are, and and put staff together that way. It's allowing them to have a, a coach dedicated to special teams. Um, so. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like I like the way they're doing it, but I don't think you're going to see any other linebacker coach brought in. I think Manny Diaz will coach the linebackers.
9: Okay, okay. And then, uh, as far as recruiting is concerned, um, when you look at the, the current D line, who is who see starting at the current? Well, we, so if we're playing a four three. I, you know, I know we're going to have uh, Chair Thomas on one hand, and we're going to have uh, um, who's going to be? I know Willis is going to be probably playing there. Playing a uh, playing nose tackle, Uh, but as far as our just uh, our our front four, who do you think will be starting coming into this year?
5: Well, I mean, obviously you got to suspect that Muhammad and and Chad Thomas well, without question, or should without question be the starting ends. But I think a lot depends on what they decide to do with uh, with Gerald Willis. I mean, you know, he's a guy that's kind of like an in-between guy. He could, he could play tackle maybe in pass rush situations. Um, he's probably going to be, I got to think, at 275 pounds, 280 pounds next season. Um, but I think that they're going to fall in love with Kendrick Norton as a defensive tackle. He probably was forced to play – way too quickly uh this year and should have gotten red shirted but he didn't um but I, I think they'll fall in love with him um i think anthony moton is going to benefit quite a bit from better coaching at the defensive line position so if i had to guess who the starting tackles would be uh it, it, it would be probably norton and moton um I, I'm not sure I see it necessarily going any other way, but a lot's going to depend on what they decide to do with Gerald Willis. And you know, obviously, you got to get more out of Chad Thomas than you have the first two years. Yeah. Of his. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think Muhammad at times flashed mm-hmm. some really good play this year. And I think Muhammad, in particular, because of his skill set, is going to really thrive in Manny Diaz's defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
9: being in New Orleans, I'm telling you,
5: Gerald, uh, Gerald Willis is a
9: beast, straight beast, man. He, he, he's a straight dog. Well, they was, and, and they said he that. was on
5: the practice field this year too. But yeah. you know, I, I've always been one to subscribe to show me on Saturday in the fall. You know, I'm not big that. on practice. I'm not big on practice field warriors. You know, when when you're going against scout teams and different groupings and things like that, and you know, sh- show us that you're great on game day. Yep, I totally agree, totally agree. And uh, as far as uh, recruiting is concerned, last
9: question, Garrett, you put me on hold. And uh, any um, opportunity for Miami to get that cornerback uh, receiver, the kid's from out of, uh, I think out of Detroit, was the corner and as a receiver. The kid that I, I think was trying to kick, like a 5'11 corner, real quick guy. I know he's looking at Michigan, but I'm just wondering if Miami has a chance of getting him and just put me on hold.
5: The, I'm trying to think who you're talking about. Um, um what's that corner thing? Uh, you talking about Levert Hill? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the kid. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. Uh, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit of a long shot here. I don't, I don't think the chances are great, but uh okay. I think he's a very good player. Okay. okay. All, right. All, right. All right. All right. Just
9: put, put me on hold, man. I appreciate it, man. You're great show. You,
5: you got it, Manson. Thanks for being part of it. Uh, give us a call again next time. Let's go to the eight four five. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
10: <clears throat> hey, Gary, Greg.
5: Hey, what's up, Greg? How are you doing this week?
10: Good. Um, I got a qu- My first question is, is: Is this McKenzie a done deal, or is it just a rumor? Uh,
5: you know, a done deal. I don't know if I would. I, you know, I it'll be a done deal when they finalize everything and everything's approved and they have all the paperwork done and all that. Um but I think it's become pretty obvious today that Mackenzie's intending to transfer to Miami. And I was actually with him yesterday, believe it or not, just by coincidence and I, I, I you know I knew that he was exploring the possibility and talking to Mark Mark Richt about about doing it. Um but, you know, sounds to me like it sounded to me like it was something that he was very much intending to do. So whether all the paperwork and everything's done, uh, don't know that. But um, we actually have Jim Martz up in Athens right now working on some stories about Mark Richt. And uh, he said that people up in Athens were talking about it like it was a done deal. And they were pretty much um, resigned to the fact that McKenzie would not be back at Georgia. So you're hearing it both in Georgia and down here at Miami. And like I said, I was with him yesterday, and I got I got the very strong impression that that's what he was going to do. So um, that's all I can tell you right now.
10: Uh, uh, how much better do you think Miami would have been this year if they had Alex Collins and Denver Kirkland?
5: Oh, so you Alex just go on.
10: Collins
6: is
5: you an, can just an absolute, absolute on on.
10: monster.
5: How about how about yeah. Calvin Ridley? Or I mean, there's players all over the place that that they should have gotten that they didn't get.
10: Well, they had so, Alex Collins at one time, didn't yeah. they? Uh, now, I wanted to speak about Coley taking a. It looks to me like it's a demotion to wide yeah. receiver coach. Yeah. And it Larry is. Scott making a lateral move to Tennessee.
5: Yeah, and was the now, they
10: both offered a position at Miami? I'm not
5: sure. I'm not sure if Coley ever was. I I I think if, if Ted Coley been offered a position, I think he would have stayed here. I don't think he was offered. Um, I Larry Scott was, and Larry Scott Larry Scott had the option of staying here, and actually took significantly less money to go to Tennessee. And my guess is that after being the interim head coach for two months. And having a relationship with this team and these players in that role, it would have been very hard for Larry Scott to go back to being just a guy on the staff and a position coach and um, taking marching orders for Mark Richt and having to conform and, and get acquainted with all new people. And and he probably sat down with his family and just decided, you know what, if we're going to do that, let's go do it in a different place. And uh, so he took the job at Tennessee.
10: Um. I believe that uh the only chance we have of getting Mario is Nick Saban goes to the NFL by some chance. Then he might consider coming back. What do you think what do you think about that?
5: I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's hard. it's hard to answer that question.
10: All right, and my final point is I I did a little research. Everyone always talks about how bad the crowds are. In 2001, which is arguably one of the greatest teams in the history of college football, only twice did they have more than 50,000 fans at a game. They had 54,000 against Syracuse and 78,000 against Washington. They had crowds of 31,000 against Temple. So this is nothing new with Miami fans.
5: And if yep, you can't I come
10: out to watch that team, that was amazing,
5: that team. I mean, Miami's not but, the only school in college football that has attendance problems. You know, if no, you want to compare it to SEC, the schools, they're, they're, they're
10: loaded. Those, those stadiums are packed.
5: Yeah, but it's a, it's a different culture in those places. But, and you know, you can't compare Miami to the SEC schools. But if you look around the country at all the different schools, there's plenty of schools that have attendance problems. Yeah, especially but I, bowl but I still games, say, Craig, they've never put a representative product games. in that stadium. So they have no basis of judging whether the casual South Florida sports fan can buy into University of Miami football.
10: Well, I hope they get Kevin Beard. So We need more of a presence down here because Coley and Mario are going to be recruiting their butts off against us. Yep. So, so we're going to need somebody down here. And I know Kevin Beard has a lot of connections with these kids from the seven on seven. So I hope we get them. All right. Thank you.
5: All righty. Good talking to you again, Greg. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. Let's go now to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Garrett? Good, doing good. Who's this? Uh, this
1: is uh Junkie.
5: Hi, it's Junkie. What's up, Junkie?
1: How you doing this week? Man, I'm good, man. I'm doing great. I'm doing excellent. Um, I just wanted to get your tape, man. I had um asked like <clears throat> well, like what would you consider the pros and the cons of the new uh the new hires, like, what would be your, you know, your goods but mainly not not necessarily your pros and your cons, so to speak, but just, like, um, what advantage would it be for us uh, opposed, not, like, what they did at other places, but what you see the advantage being for us, the pros for us and the cons, you know, with us in terms of the new hires, you know, main, so not, not coach cool, but, you know, the D.C., the O-line coach, um, and then, like, what big time tight end hire would be available for us, you know since that'd be a spot that we might well, have to Well I can't
5: feel. you know, I can't predict who he's looking at for that tight for All the right. tight end and, and we and we don't know who he's looking at outside of uh we know Kevin Beard wants the receivers job very badly. We know that Lamar Thomas wants it very badly. Um but beyond those two it we is, don't know um
1: Petrino, right?
5: Yeah he's with Petrino this at Louisville. We we oh, we thanks. know both of them want that job. But but I think there's other candidates there and the fact that it's taking so long I think is demonstrative of that and um but we don't know who it is. I mean Mark Ricks keeps this has been keeping this stuff really, really close to the vest. Nothing's been leaking until um the last second when the actual hire is being made and, and, and then it's been it's been leaking out of the football offices. But but um, you know, he's been keeping this stuff mostly to himself and people have not really known What's going on, and that's just how he conducts business. So we don't really know who he's looking at for the tight ends. I mean, we've heard some speculation, and people think that it that he's going to look at Cristobal for that spot. But um, you know, right now Cristobal is fit? Oh I, well, if they could work together, it would be. I mean, you know, ball is a good fit anywhere, and I think he would be the just the perfect uh, final hire uh, that would put this coaching staff in real good position moving forward. Um, but I don't know what, you know, how Mark Rick feels about that and whether he's going to take a run at, at Mario. You know, Right now, Mario's getting ready to play in the national title game. My guess is Mark Rick, even if he is going to go after him, isn't bothering him right now. You know, He's respecting his space, understands that Bama's yeah. playing for the national title. And, um, so he need to be locked in. Yeah, I can understand Well, if that, that phone call were going to be made, it would probably be on the 13th. Now, you know, but. if if he were going to do it, you know, and maybe he's talking to Mario's agent possibly or whatever, you know, I don't know about that, but um right now it's all speculation. Uh we don't we don't know from a concrete standpoint that any of that's taken place. Uh, so we're in wait and see mode at the moment.
1: Would that be more so of a good coach, good recruiter or a person who can really develop tight ends. I'm looking at it from a standpoint of having Mario on board now since we have uh, Stacy, would be more so we have another good coach, another good recruiter opposed to someone who's going to take our tight ends to another level because, I mean, Larry Stott had our tight ends. Like, our tight ends been playing, you know, phenomenal. If you look at it from a standpoint, Wolford wasn't even thought about to getting drafted. And then, we we you know, we couldn't really find a spot for Njoku. Now he turned into a monster. You know, he might even actually move um, Stan out for the stars next year, depending on, you know, how well he does in the offseason with the spring and everything. And Mark Rick being a clean slate, you know, it, it'll be like, okay, this is the first time both of y'all showed up for my count, so I'm taking the best player available now, which might be David, you know. Well, Mario, to me, it's like Mario would have been like the O line spot wouldn't have been taken, and we would have take Mario because it just don't. To me, I don't see him advancing the tight ends. Like, do you see him being a just a good yeah. coach or
5: just a? I I see no no issues at all with Mario Cristobal.
6: <laughs> Mario Cristobal is like a, a
5: super high quality coach. He could coach tight ends. He could coach offensive line. He could probably coach a lot of other positions too. But what, what oh, okay. you'd really be, what you really would be bringing him in for is to be a heavyweight recruiter.
1: That's that's see, that's my thing. That's my logic with Mario because I mean I don't see him advancing the tight end to the point where we like Mario is our tight ends coach. More so, Mario, you know, helped us help us to land uh, Trayvon uh, Mullen and some of those guys, but. I mean with this cycle being pretty much over, I mean, I wouldn't get I'm not getting my hopes up high for us to, you know, flip a whole lot of players, but um when when you get down to percentage wise, you know, I mean, just from a standpoint, I won't go into, you know, players like McCole Harvin because, you know, that's hard to predict, but like guys like Mullen, guys like uh Jamel Cook, um, obviously young looking more and more like he'll be, you know, coming on soon. Uh, Richards, uh, and even um, even the uh, – what's the other wide receiver name at Coconut Creek? Victor, uh, Benjamin Victor. Like, do you see a, like, realistic shot with those, like, you know? I mean, you can't – the team, you know, the coach is just not getting in here. We don't even have a wide receiver coach. So, like, who's supposed to real Richards in? like Like, what's a realistic shot of those well- guys? you you're, you're going you should have
5: a receiver coach here in the next few days i got to believe so um you know that that won't be a problem when they pick up recruiting i i think anything could happen you know like Benjamin victor like you said he hasn't committed anywhere so yeah,
1: they 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 crystal balling them to florida but my thing is with the staff that we're putting together um, you know, and with, you know, Rump coming on board, he should be heavy in the Broward area. You know, that school dominated that, that whole region. So, you know, kids familiar with him. But we don't have a person that's going to go out to Amari Richards' house and say, you know, I'll be your coach now. You know, to me, that I'm I'm not looking forward to anything in that aspect because we don't even have a coach. To go sell to the recruit, like I'll be your coach for the next three years. Right now, it's like in limbo, in that, in like one of the most critical spots. Like we need receivers, especially. But I believe Stacy Coley is gone, you know. So with Coley being gone, Waters being gone, Rashawn Scott gone, you know, we bring it back. Like you know, some some head scratching, and we don't even have a coach like that. To me, that would have been like one of the the first. Higher DBs and wide receivers being the areas that we're suffering in, but you know, I'm 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 happy about I'm I'm loving the D as higher. I just what I see when I see that is I see all that South Florida, all those six uh, those state titles coming from out of that area. What six out of eight? Um, from the
7: two to the eight.
1: All that speed, man, like if that don't sell, you know, a lot of people was running recruits away from the NAFRIO. If that don't run recruits to Miami, if that if you don't want to send your your kid to play in a scheme like this is gonna allow him to get interceptions, get set, get out to the quarterback, um, make tackles behind the line screaming. I mean that's like tell made it's, for Miami. It's gonna create
5: a world of excitement, there's no question about it, okay? Just be prepared, it's gonna give up some big plays also. OK, and, maybe, and a lot of your, lot of your defensive purists, a lot of your defensive purists will tell you that a defense like this doesn't hold up. OK, and and it's exciting. There's a lot of big plays. There's turnovers. But then there's also times when you don't want to give up that 70 yard run that you give up that 70 yard run. So there's a, in the there's,
1: SEC it, or in the ACC. Like in we can't a- we can't like I can't base. Look, X's That's and O's are X's and O's. But X's and O's against uh, the quarterback from Duke or X's and O's against the quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, that's what you have to take in account everything. Like, even with Dave Aranda in the Big Ten playing against really no real teams on his side, you know. But then you take Diaz in account who played against the heavyweight, the, the team that's going to represent – that conference in the championship Monday, so like he's he's bringing you know uh, dog fights. I've been in dog fight battles with Les Miles, with Nick Saban, with Gus Malzon, opposed to Dave, who you know beat up on Indiana, you know teams that you know not really ballot tested like Diaz. Now you come to the A- ACC, you know you're not gonna. Re- Virginia running back ain't Derrick Henry. So, if you miss an assignment now against Virginia, against Duke.
5: You're um, saying instead of going 80 yards, maybe it only goes 20 yards. Right, I, it might I, be I, a I get what you're saying. It, Fortnite, you might be, you might be right. You might be right, and <laughs> I'll be right. honest with you. I have no opinions whatsoever <laughs> on on any of this uh, right now <laughs> because my feeling is, that you got to let it all play out, you got to let these guys work together, you got to see who they recruit, you got to see how they integrate their ideas to what the personnel is going to be on this team for next year, and then we got to see how right. it all works in September, October, and November. I don't have an opinion on uh, any of it. I'm just I'm just saying that I'm hearing opinions from both sides. Okay, and that's I get,
1: man. Yeah, I get it, too. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I just I wish we had a wide receiver coach because we need wide receivers. Like, I mean, you, you, I mean, everybody can look at the depth chart and see we're in trouble right now coming back. Um, but I'm going to stay on um, waiting on you to do your uh, pieces on all the coaches. I'm um, looking forward to more Murphs,
5: uh balling and um, keep me on hold. All right, man. Hey, thank you, as always, for being part of the show. All right, let me take a, a moment here uh, to talk about our sponsor this evening, Nuts.com. Is it your New Year's resolution to eat better? Well, I think I can help you out. There's this incredible website that I can tell you about, and I think you'll find the name very hard to forget. Nuts.com. They have, in my opinion, the best-tasting nuts on the planet. Nuts.com is the simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts and so many other tasty treats from around the world delivered straight to your door. Right now, new customers can get four free samples from nuts.com and choose from over 50 options. That's a $15 value when you go to nuts.com, you click on the mic, and you enter the code CANES. Since 1929, this family-owned business has prided itself on delivering the best in nuts and dried fruit that you'll find anywhere. Only the freshest products from the best suppliers in the world, easy-to-use site Let's you search for exactly what you're looking for, and you can buy by the case or by the pound. They have certified organic, certified gluten-free, with or without salt, raw, sugar-free, and everything they sell is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And nuts.com is more than just nuts. Choose from over 3,000 healthy snacks, including dried fruit like apricots, figs, dates and strawberries, and blueberries, raspberries, Sweet treats like chocolate-covered nuts, every flavor of gummy bear, monkey munch. They have cooking and baking goods, almond flour, chia seeds, spices, grains, any powder that you want to throw in your smoothie. As I said, they have sugar and gluten-free items, the best selection, tons to choose from. They have coffees and tea, over 39 different kinds of coffee and over 170 flavors. You need to give somebody a gift, they have gift tins and baskets, and they'll send buckets of nuts for you. It's nutsnutsnuts.com, big, salty, sweet, whatever kind of nuts you like to munch on. Let them take care of you and your taste buds. So right now, new customers get four free samples you can choose from over 50 options. That's a $15 value when you go to nuts.com, and then you enter the code name canes that's nuts.com enter the code name canes for four free samples with your order go to nuts.com right now for full details and with that let's get back to the show and let's go out now to the 773 where you're live on Canes.
11: Billy and austin how are you
5: what's up billy welcome back
11: Tell you what, if you get tired of cane sport, you could be a door-to-door sales rep for nuts.com.
5: <laughs> well, you know, they take care of me. They send me a lot of good stuff. They really do have good things.
11: But I'll have to look at it. So
5: um,
11: I think a quick comment to us. I forgot who it was earlier about the star rating system. Um, that's, um, that's A lot of that's based off of natural talent. You know kids are on the- you know kids are on the field in the weight room for three four hours a day the other twenty hours you know that's what's important as well you know how how important is football to them? do they have discipline drive all that stuff that doesn't reflect in the star rating so a kid like chantrell as we know the his history that's kind of where the disconnect came in is the upside was certainly there, but the rest of it was not so that's just my i guess my comment on on the star rating my question for you, Gary is you, you talked about it a couple weeks ago. I know this is an upgraded staff. and That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking to you from what you know so far about the staff, how many of these guys are that alpha male that you said were so so desperate for us to get?
5: Man, that's an interesting question because I haven't seen them all coaching on the um, on the football field yet, so it's really hard for me to give you what, what I would consider a great opinion on that, but when if you go through it, I mean, I think you got to look at Kuligowski for sure. Is, is that type of coach? You know, I, I think um, he he definitely w- would be, you know, fall into into that classification. Um, but from there, I, I mean, I got to withhold opinion on that until I get a chance to see them go out on the field and coach.
11: Sure. Um, where.
5: You I just know, haven't from, seen from these guys what? in action, you know. Yeah. I haven't seen any of them. You, you know, I haven't seen really not one of them actually coaching on the football field. So I can't tell you who is an alpha male and who's not. Sure. I mean, other than well, the I fact that know we, know, we know we know that Kuligowski yeah. unquestionably is good, and well, that's probably the most
11: you know important position. Um, and this might be a question again, too, kind of similar to the last one. That may be too early to answer, but from the previous staff to what you know about the current guys, where is the biggest area that we have automatically upgraded as a, as a team
5: coaching wise overall, this staff that you brought in, I mean, almost almost everywhere. (laughs) I'm, I, I, you know, I don't, I can't give you a comparison of Stacy Searles as an offensive line coach versus Art Kehoe. Um, but, Thomas Brown certainly compares favorably to Ice Harris as a running backs coach. Uh, and if you go by what people say about him, it, it's not even a, a comparison. I mean, there's nobody looking to hire Ice Harris for $700,000 right now. Like, like, like Miami and Georgia were slugging it out for Thomas Brown. Um, I think on the defensive line, Kuligowski without question is a huge upgrade over Randy Melvin and Jethro Franklin. Uh, You know, what's been going on there for the last several years. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, Linebackers, forget the, you know, I don't even think we need to discuss defensive coordinator, but, you know, linebackers, um, we all love Hurley Brown, those of us that know him, but I don't think we can compare Hurley Brown as a linebackers coach to Manny Diaz, who's been a defensive coordinator and a linebackers coach for all these years uh, in the SEC and at Texas. Um, defensive backs. I mean, you know, shouldn't Mike Rumpf be able to coach the corners as well or better than Paul Williams? I, I mean, I think so. Uh, even well, he though he doesn't have a lot of, Right. He doesn't have a lot of college experience, but I got to believe he's going to be as good of a DB's coach uh, there. So you have to just unquestionably look at what's going on as a major sure. upgrade over what's, what's been taking place there the last several years. Sure. And, Mark, I, and, 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 and that's not even talking about head coach, where you have Mark Richt, who's one had seven ten win seasons at Georgia. So. Correct.
11: Well, and I think one thing that's interesting if you look at the staff that he's assembled is the majority of them last year spent time in the in the SEC, um, and you know Cyril's spent time at Georgia and at Texas, and you know Diaz was at Texas. So a lot of these guys you know all what the one thing they all have in common is they've all been at a school where the pressure is up to winning they have a, gen, a genuine understanding of the day to the operations of what it's required to take to win and I don't and that's something that the last staff had no clue um you know what it took um, I think you know when you get in those meetings you're going to have a different tone I think you're going to have you know the kids that's one thing I think that you know watching the staff being assembled and I wanted to kind of feel you out on is do you get a sense from this roster that they're craving, you know, that, that next level, or, you know, do you have, you know, a kind of a 50, 50 culture where some of the guys are, they were kind of happy with, with where it was. And they're going to, there's going to be a struggle with the change of leadership, especially as drastic as, as it is going to shift,
5: you know, once that whole staff lands, what, what are your Transition, thoughts on? on I totally you... agree. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent. I mean, transitions are always brutal. I mean, they are, they just are. I mean, You've got players that are uncertain about their futures and how they're going to stand with a, with a new coaching staff that didn't recruit them, didn't bring them in. That's going to be bringing in its own players and 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 guys. And you're absolutely right. A different culture, a different way of doing business, and it's going to be an adjustment period for everybody. You know, and, and adjustment periods create a lot of stress especially for kids you know kids like familiarity and and comfort they don't like when things are in upheaval so it will sure, take but, a it, while. It,
11: but it's you know i think certain you know certain coaching changes are different you look at a guy like frank beamer he didn't forget how to coach over his however long he was there he just kind of faded as it got a lot. i don't think he you know changed too much Where golden was completely underqualified for the job and that's a very different transition when you have stability the way that you know, like a Virginia Tech did, and they're bringing in a guy that probably has the same expectations that Frank. That Frank just couldn't get the job done. Al's whole philosophy was just you know sideways, and I think that's where you're going to you know have potentially a even bigger problem um, because it was so far in one direction. And now with this SEC staff and the model that we're taking it's going to go so far in the other direction. It's not just a, a small turnaround in the gray area. It's a turnaround from the black to the white area, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, with with a Michael Rumpire, you know, I forgot who it was earlier talking about the inexperience of high school coaches. I mean, I'm, I'm here in Texas. Art Bryles was a, a high school coaching legend here before he went to uh, to or so. <laughs> You know, I think uh, Mike Rump has had plenty of success where he's at. So, you know, he he might not have the day-to-day stuff with the defensive backs. But I think on the flip side, what was very smart that Rick did is that the one position that he did split up was the one area where both coaches are the most inexperienced to kind of cut their duties in half. Um, So my question to you is because you are in South Florida and, you know, so is Mike Rump, You can put me on hold after this for the next person. Can you talk a little bit so far how the Mike Rump hire has been received in the South Florida community kind of when we hired Ice Harris, you know, two or three now, years ago?
5: He hasn't even started yet. He doesn't start till tomorrow. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I know one thing. I went to see him yesterday, and his phone didn't stop buzzing. I, I mean, he was getting uh, assaulted by everyone around South Florida. So, um you know, I think it's going to be very well received. I think he's 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 a likable guy. He's had success as a high school coach. I think the other high school coaches will respect sure. him. I think I think that they'll like the fact that one of them is getting a chance at Miami. It gives them hope for their own careers that they can progress past the high school level as coaches. I I, I think he he clearly relates well to kids and and kids respect him. I mean, I, I walked into his office yesterday and I'm sitting there seeing a lot of his former players were all just hanging out with him. Uh, you know, guys that are playing for Ohio state, like Torrance Gibson and, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, who we've talked about that was playing at Georgia was in there and a few other kids. And, um, so, you know, clearly he's impacted their lives to the point where when they come back home, they come back to see him. Uh, so I think it bodes well. I, I, I think it's a good hire. I, I think that he should be a, a very good cornerbacks coach and, Uh, Since I just brought up McKenzie, I'll throw in here right now that there is a report out of Athens tonight um, that has uh, Isaiah McKenzie saying that he's staying in Athens. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a closed door or not, but I'm guessing that there was uh, the the thing when I was with him yesterday, I sensed that he felt like his hardship situation um, might give him a foundation to have that year that you have to sit out waived. And I I don't think that that's reality. And I think that if he did transfer, that he would have to sit out a year. So whatever hardship situation he's battling through right now with family, um, I I think there's a legit, legit, legit chance that he tries to battle through that while also staying at Georgia, because, you know, for him at this stage of his career, it just might not make sense to, to sit out that season, which he would have to do if he does come to Miami. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Yeah.
11: hopefully the best. Actually, I do have one question, but please do put me on hold after I ask it. Um, The strength and conditioning coach, the Ivy guy, what is the latest on
5: that guy? I don't think there's any foundation to that at all. I I think that was a bad Twitter rumor. um, The thing I've heard on the strength and conditioning situation is uh, three guys are coming from Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure which three, which is why we haven't done a, a firm report on it. But um, I've heard three guys are coming from Georgia and a couple guys from other places. But I'm I, I'm not sure that there's a lot of foundation to those Ivy rumors. Okay, all right. Well, I appreciate you, Gary. I don't what? know definitively oh. that he's not in the picture. So, you know, I don't want to tell you he's definitely not coming. But the the, the thing that I've heard with some reasonable definitive nature is that um three guys from the strength co- staff at Georgia last year are coming together um to Miami and that there will be five in total that will be working in, in the in the weight room. Great.
11: Awesome. We'll appreciate the uh, the time tonight. Have a, a good rest of the night and please keep me on hold.
5: You got it man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go now to the three oh five. You're live on Sport Live. That's me. That's you What's up, Gary? Johnny O. from Bird Road. What's up, Johnny O.? How you been, man? It's been a uh, while.
12: Guys, how's it going? Happy New Year, man.
5: Same to you. What you got for us tonight?
12: <laughs> uh, listen, I was thinking about the strength coach. Um, only one person is in charge of 100 kids?
5: It doesn't have like to Swayze be Like Swayze was? It, it doesn't have yeah, to be Yeah, I was be thinking, way. can, can I mean, it
12: be, open, uh, you know, many people involved, like a group, you know, like yeah, a I mean, fitness group?
5: They, a coach can set it up any way he wants, but but the way it was under Swayze, is Swayze was the main guy in charge, and then he had three or four guys that worked underneath him, uh, and he gave instructions to, and, and and then they they worked they all in tandem worked together with the, with the players, and I'm sure they divide them up, and I mean there's no absolute right in how in how you run a right. weight room, I mean you can run right. a weight room any way you want. <laughs> you can yeah. have certain. Did guys you know? That did, with, did 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 you see you any of them working out? That, you can have certain guys, Johnny, that work with the big guys. Yeah. You can have certain guys that work with the skill athletes. You might have guys that do it all. I mean, it's it's an open. You can do anything you want.
12: Right. Did you did you personally, you know, sometimes go in the rate room and watch them work out and stuff, see how how it ran, or no?
5: Uh, I have on a couple occasions been in there w- when players were working out. Uh, typically no. I mean it's not a place where we would commonly go and they, most of their workouts when Al Golden was there were at 5am anyway and I can assure you wow. as, as dedicated that I am to serving all my brothers <laughs>
8: and sisters
5: of the team many of whom are listening this evening uh, that I wasn't going and hanging out at, at the at the weight room or looking for people watching the uh, Watching those guys work out at five in the morning. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a great relationship with Coach Swayze, and he would give us very detailed, wonderful reports of everything going on in there, and we we were happy to rely on those. But uh... <laughs>
12: <laughs>
5: yeah. Um. All right. Now
12: look, I was thinking, U.M. You know, has baseball national brands, right? Tennis national brands. Right, uh, basketball now, you know so many sports that deserve more recognition. I mean, we don't know the players in any of the other sports other than some basketball and some baseball. You know, didn't hockey go the other year undefeated? I mean, you know, didn't all these sports go national like the swimming and the tennis and and so many other sports that you know have uh, you know have have gone you know to national status.
5: You know, I, I, how
12: come there's not more coverage of the other uh, sports, of UM?
5: I'll tell you why. There's, there's just not a lot of interest. And, you know, we, we cover football, obviously, like maniacs. Well, we do pretty extensive coverage of basketball. Uh, we do reasonable coverage of baseball. and But uh, once you start getting down into into women's volleyball and track and uh, tennis and, and um, w- women's basketball and things like that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Johnny, you might be really interested in those things, but most of the guys on our site are, are really not, and, and, right. and they want other they want other things. So we don't really do a ton of coverage of those. Now I will say this: we are introducing next week uh, a totally new format for Canesport.com. And nice. You know, it it's it's being optimized big time for mobile. Since uh, what we're finding is more than fifty percent of you guys are using the site um, on your right. cell, cellular devices and mobile phones, so of you're going to see that right. that experience is going to is going to get better big time. Um, but the the thing, and and I'll take responsibility for this because uh, when I met with the engineers for for Yahoo and rivals. Uh, I jumped mm-hmm. up and down and, and climbed up on tables and, and pounded and everything. And I outright demanded that when they program this new platform, that it, it contained a continuous scroll on the front page. And mm. what, what, what that means, Johnny O, is that as you when you scroll, it'll scroll endlessly. And you know, in the past, we had five or six what we call content slots on the front page of our site. So we would kind of be like be limited to five or six stories a day because if, if we went over that, then it would it would almost like negate the work that was being done because it would disappear too quickly and nobody would would end up reading the stories. But with this right. new with this new format. Um, we can do 20 content items in a day if we want and it won't get lost because you guys will be able to scroll much more seamlessly, uh, through the, through the stories and the content and, and they'll, they'll, they'll live forever. It's, it's all going to be dependent on how, how long you want to keep scrolling, but, but, um, but it's, it's really going to be great. And we're really excited about it. And right now the the plan is to launch that next Tuesday. So, uh, nice. Keep, give you guys a little sneak look into what we got coming.
12: Nice, nice, man. That's great. Appreciate that, man. Um, I had one more question. Well, I guess I can't think about it. I just, I just cut it short and sweet for the other callers. Oh yeah, listen. What are the chances of putting a five-minute timer on future shows? Sometimes these calls go for like fourteen minutes, and it's like, wow.
5: Yeah, no, I'm you only trying get to I'm 25 trying, 30 I'm trying, callers. Tonight, tonight we've been doing a better job, right? We're keeping it pretty brisk. Yeah. 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 yeah I've been I've been I've been try I'm trying I'm trying to move it along get as many guys on as we can. Yeah. So with that I'm so with that I'm going to let you go, Johnny O, cuz you're 5 minutes yes, up. Yes, sir. All
8: yes. right, man. God bless you,
5: man. Thank give, you. Put me on hold. Give us a call next time. <laughs> All right, let's go to the 240. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Is d black? Hey, what's up, d Black? How you doing this week?
3: Hey, I'm all right. I'm hey, um, I'm kind of – well, I'm kind of – I'm very happy with the defense of uh, the D-line, the D-line of hire, Coach Cool, because finally we're going to get a, a D-line coach. That's going to be aggressive, teach them one gap, and play the play the run on the way to the quarterback, something we haven't seen here in five years. You know, we had Cat standing up there, you know, trying to do the tango you know, and thinking about if they wanna make attack on the backfield or not. So I'm happy about that. Um I'm actually happy about the Michael too. Um I, I I really feel he's gonna bring a wealth of experience that he's learned as a head coach and a D coordinator at the high school level, but also playing uh defensive back in the NFL and learning from professional coaches in the NFL, little things he could that he picked up along the way that he can bring and into the D backs that we that we have and teaching them sound technique, and um, ability. And Mike Russ was a corner that played the run very well. He's very aggressive. So, you know, with that being said, I think he's gonna hold his corners accountable about run support. And in his defense, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be paramount. And you know, uh, piggybacking off what y'all was saying earlier about. Manny Diaz's defense, how, you know, it is aggressive, and I like that. I mean, but, you know, every defense going to give up a play here. and there. I
5: mean, I mean you've
3: got some of the greatest defenses in the world that you're going to get beat. That's just the name of the game. You know, you're going to get beat. It's just let's not get beat that many times, you know. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm just waiting to see, you know, what, what the rest of the staff is going to look like moving into the dead period being over so they can hit the, hit the ground running and see who they can flip or see who they can get or start uh, getting commits from who that's off the radar. He's like, wow, we didn't even know they was talking. You know, just, you know things like that because it happens in the field. It happens. Um, God, I can't wait to say something two years, but I got to train my train of thought. Um, Oh, how did um, how did Sam Bruce and them, you know, how did Sam Bruce look up at the uh, Under Armour while you was out
5: there for the week? Uh, you know, he looked okay in practice, but uh, he really, he, you know, was kind of quiet. You know, yes, I, I didn't really,
3: I, I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't get to see
5: the game, so. Yeah, I saw part of it. I didn't really see him do much. You know, I mean, uh, I didn't see the second half. If anybody saw the second half, feel free to chime in. But um, it didn't look to me like he was getting a lot of burn. Which is surprising because he was getting some when I was watching practice, but there's a lot of talented kids up there.
3: Yeah, I didn't get to see it. And um, the strength and conditioning with, you know, you said there's going to be like five guys. I mean, that could be a good thing. I mean, look, anything has to be better. Uh, Well, I'm not going to knock Swayze, but I I guess it was time for a change. You know, I guess it was time for a change, some fresh ideas, some new ideas, and the only thing we could do is just sit back and wait and see you know what I'm saying, see the product, see what they can do with what we got. But, you know, and also piggybacking off what you said about Chad Thomas, you know, I think Coach Cool is the perfect guy to get him to play to his ability. I, I really I really, Yeah, think, I really I'll agree so. with
5: you. He needs that kind you of coach.
3: Know? Yeah, he does. He needs that coach that's going to put foot to his tail, you know, let him know, yeah. you know, like, you're a five-star recruit, so, "Quote unquote,"
5: supposedly, but honestly, yeah, it clearly isn't be... coming naturally. I'll tell you that.
3: Exactly, he could be. I mean,
5: somebody somebody was joking last week that the best they saw him play was after I wrote that column, saying that he wasn't <laughs> playing hard. But you, but you, and but, I, but. And I agree. Yeah, but he it, it, it was a one hit wonder. I mean, he didn't he I, right. I, I can I remember one game the entire season where I felt he was playing hard.
3: Yeah, me too. And well, you know what we need now. We need we, we need a we need a double C D out of him with nothing but hits. So if I were to say a, a double C D worth for because work, he has two years left, right? So a double C D worth for work. He needs to he needs to be uh you know, ready to die, you know, in his first album. A Machiavelli, Tupac's album, All Lies on Me, uh Il a Reasonable Doubt, a Blueprint. That's the type of, if any hip-hop heads, I'll, y'all understand what I'm saying. Those are classic albums, you know, only built for 36 chambers. You know what I'm saying? We're saying? Those are classic. So he needs to put that, he needs to put all that talent that he has, Gary, and bottle it up, and, and he needs to come out for the next two years on the mission. And honestly, like his body structure, he did put on some weight, but when he came out of high school, he was kind of built. Like an Auden Smith that was at Missouri that went to the 49ers. You know, minus all his off the field issues. I'm just talking about just straight his physical look. He was built like Arden Smith. Now, if Coach Cool could get him to play like he got Arden to play at, at Missouri, and you got, you know, QAM on the other side, or AQM on the other side, it makes for two form of a And that we just got to get some, you got to get that three technique and that two eye to do what they got to do, and linebackers are not really concerned because we got some good linebackers coming in, and, you know, so, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, I'm just waiting for spring ball, waiting for recruitment to be finished. uh, Let everything else fall into place right now because too much is really not much to complain about because there's nothing to complain about. I mean, if you find something to complain about, it's really nitpicking, you know. I really hope, but I do hope Kevin Beard can get, you know, hope he can get the the receivers the receivers job or 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 the Mar Thomas either or it doesn't make a difference either or. But um, I got a question. Do you think now that Mike Ruff is the coach, do you, do you think that will have an effect on um, God, what's his name, Nelson, the Nelson, the receiver that went that went to uh plantation? No idea. No idea.
5: Yeah, this is also. You got to understand. This this is all just happened in the last twenty four hours. I mean, we don't even I know mean, right yeah. now who they're going to recruit. I mean, we're starting well, yeah, when, when when they go when they go back out Sunday or Monday. I mean, we're starting from scratch. Uh, I mean, we don't we got long. our work cut out. Let me tell you something. We, we, covering this thing for these next three weeks for you guys, we got our work cut out for us.
3: I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, y'all do. I mean, it's i we don't have,
5: we don't have any idea who they're going to recruit. Right. We yeah, gotta guess, call gonna, we gotta call everybody.
3: And say, right. hey, and only,
5: Miami. Right. Not
3: only did he blow the staff up, you know what I'm saying? Just blow everything up, he's blowing up the recruiting board. And it's like, yo,
5: we gotta post oh, this it's, thing. It, it's been blown. I mean it, that thing's that thing had a nuclear bomb taken to it. Cause that yeah, that's, what that's what they're doing the what rest saying. of the week. They're reevaluating everybody. Every single you know, recruit people, is subject to reevaluation.
3: Hey, some people may stay. Some people may lose it. You know what I'm saying? It's, hey, it, I mean, yo, it's, it's
5: the art of war, baby. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's the art of war, you know. I mean, we got kids. I told you, we got we got the we got kids that thought they were going to commit. They haven't heard from anybody. They're texting us in a panic. I'm like, we can't help you out. <laughs> we don't we don't know right. if you're being recruited. You got to tell us right. if you're being recruited. Right. <laughs> yeah, So you know, it's, it's but, gonna be nuts. It's gonna be a crazy three weeks. You know.
3: One more thing, and I'm going to let you roll. I'm going to let you go. You know, give a shout-out to KK, you know, uh, a couple other fellas that are hollering out on the telephone. Um, Uki, we got to get on. We got to get up, man. You, myself, KK, and uh, get on this three-way. But um, I, I kind of like the Manny Diaz. I, I, I mean, he's young. He, he has some fresh ideas. He's going to be aggressive. And, and that's what we've we been wanting down here. You know what I'm saying? And even... Even in our heydays, we, we 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 gave up some big plays, but we won it's a what lot everybody's of
5: games. been begging for, and, right. and and when they give up some big plays in the fall, people shouldn't complain because they've been begging for this.
1: Right. It's 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 like this. It's like this.
3: You want the pretty girl, right? You want the pretty girl with the with the nice body. You get her, but she can't cook as she can't cook as she can't cook that well. So you're going to complain, but she does everything else good but she can't cook that well. Are you going to complain? Nah. You're going to accept that. You can get over that. You're like, ask, ah, you cook all right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, like many Ds, yeah, we may give up a few plays, but our defense is aggressive. We're winning. We're shutting people down. Like, yo, I, I give up a couple plays. As long as we're winning games and the defense is attacking, attacking, attacking and not being passive like it has been, you know, corners not knowing what to do, linebackers covering receivers that run four threes, you know, like, come on. Like, really? Getting beat by third-string quarterbacks, making them look like uh, uh, Heisman Trophy women, you know? That, that day is gone. That day of being a sucker defense is out of here. You know, bring me a bully, a bully D coordinator that want to be the bully on the block and say, yo, this is what we're doing. We're coming after you. Stop it. And I think that's what he's going to do. I think that's what
5: we got. Nope. So you I, know, think he got, I think I think you got, got to... that D black. So um, hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week.
3: Can you we hold, Gary?
5: You got it, man. Take care. Let's go to the seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
6: Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. That's you. Hey, it's Rhino Kane.
5: Hey, what's up, Rhino? Welcome to the show. What hey. you got?
6: I just have a quick question. A lot of my topics been talked about already um, with all the coaches that have been brought in, uh, John Rick hasn't been assigned. If, um, if they were to go ahead and hire a wide receiver coach and a tight end coach, does he, how would that go with, with him being just an offensive system? I think they named him, does he have to be assigned or does he count?
5: Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if, if, you know, I know there's flexibility with him and what role they assign him. I don't know if they would create some type of ops position for him and allow him to function as kind of like an offensive quality control guy. As long as he doesn't go and coach the players on the field, Mark Rick can carve out any role he wants for his son, and um, it could be – you know, working on advanced scouting, I mean, there's a million things that they that they can do if they're willing to have the position and pay the salary. I mean, Alabama's notorious for this kind of thing. They have layers on top of layers of people working in that program that aren't necessarily hands-on uh, on the field with the players. So... Uh, I, I think he's got a lot of flexibility. He's a young coach; he's still learning. Uh, I think Mark Rick brought him here because it's, it's a chance to work with his son and continue to groom him and maybe prepare him to become uh, a position coach, you know, in the future. And uh, if he doesn't find somebody else he wants, say a tight ends, maybe he decides to make him tight ends coach. I mean, anything's possible. We'll just have to see. But I know that he has a lot of flexibility there.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I heard you mention Mario Cristobal, and I know that was just throwing it out there, but that would be... It might be a pipe dream, but right. I
5: think if they put the right package yeah. together for him, that he would come. I really do. Yeah, I think that would be the ultimate exclamation point I mean, on the listen, staff. He and, wants to be at Miami. He wants to finish his career at Miami. He wants to be the head coach at Miami. And I don't think that that would mean he'd be coming in thinking that in the next five years or whatever, he's going to uh, take over for Mark Rick, but... Um, I, I think he, the the big problem that Mario Cristobal has in the pursuit of his lifelong dream, in my opinion, is that he's left Miami three times. And I, I think that the powers that be look at that, and I think that hurt him a lot this time around. And I think that's why he didn't get an, interv- an interview and uh, combined with some of the things that happened at FIU. So if he's ever going to be the head coach of Miami, I think he's got to re-solidify himself with the people here, and, and the best way for him to do that, in my opinion, would be for him to land on this staff and and be a big part of the, uh, of the resurrection and the solution. And that in itself, I think, would improve his standing with the trustees and uh, Blake James and the athletic department and everybody else to where when Mark Rick decides that he's had enough, which – wouldn't be the least bit surprised. He's making $4 million a year. He's going to stash plenty of money away. This is a guy that really was getting kind of tired at the end of Georgia. And if the Miami job hadn't opened up, he probably would have taken this next year off in coaching. So I mean, I don't think he's a lock to be here for 10 years or anything like that. And there's going to come a point in his career where he's going to have had enough. And if he gets this program back and fixed and, um, that he might just at some point say, you know what, I've had enough now and you know, go off and get more involved in his ministry and find some other things to do. Like I said, he'll have plenty of money. And um, at that point, Amario Cristobal would be positioned to potentially take over. So to me, it makes a lot of sense. Whether they'll pursue it, we'll see in the next few days.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the Mike vampire I I love the Manny Diaz hire. I love the Kuligowski higher. I think he's going to take over as the most pronounced name as taking over from D'Onofrio. Um, I think people are going to start calling him Coach Kula cool a because I remember it was just very funny everyone mispronouncing D'Onofrio's name, screaming at him, couldn't stand what his uh, his lackluster defenses. But I'm really excited about the the year moving
5: forward. Yep, you and everybody else. All, All right. right, hey, thanks uh, for be- thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, thank okay. you. You got it. Give us a call next time. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
13: What's up, Gary? This is Sebastian, man. What's going on?
5: What's going on, Sebastian? Happy New Year to you.
13: Man, I, I, got, I got to pick a bone with you, Gary. I was on hold like almost two hours last week, and I guess you chimed in, and I didn't respond Dude, I like quick enough, and I was just gone.
5: I mean, nothing we can do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nothing we can do, man. <laughs>
13: All right. I got got a lot. I got got a lot. I got to throw your way. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say is um, I'm really pleased with the hiring that Mark Rick has done with all the coaches. I think he has a championship pedigree coaching style. The Mike Rump pick was just right on point. You got a young coach who was successful at Miami NFL first round draft. Good with the local kids. So I want to take a look at what kind of impact can they have on recruiting. I'm looking at Brian Burns and also uh Eubanks. I think Brian Burns just has the frame of a, what is it, Leonard Floyd from Georgia? I mean he looks just like him. um, so I don't know if that's a kid that they're looking at recruiting. Um are they gonna be able to snatch. The other concern I have is what's the possibility of us really getting Armand Richards? Almond Richards? That's like a real real prize recruit that I think we need that this position.
5: For, yeah, I think I they're school. I think they're very strong. I think they got a great chance with him, and I do also agree with you that they have a great chance with those kids at Heritage now. Okay, okay,
13: awesome. What about the kid from uh, Gables, the uh, Amir Rasul, uh, the
5: running back? Too soon. You know I, I can't I, I I can't answer that one yet.
13: Oh, you don't know anything about him?
5: No, like I said, they're reevaluating everybody now. Rasul has said that he would visit. So they got to sit there now, and you know they'll they'll look at all those guys. They'll they'll um they'll reevaluate all the running backs that not only that were being recruited by Miami, but that they were recruiting at Georgia. You got the Thomas Brown coming in, the running backs coach. He's been recruiting running backs in Georgia and around the country. The Whaley kid in Texas is one. Uh, so they'll be starting from scratch there. So how we'll serious
13: see. is the kid when you was at the Under Armour game and you got a chance to see Whaley, even though he committed to Arkansas? How serious was serious was his interest into visiting Miami and really considering He told me us? he's
5: gonna visit. Well, you know, whether he, he he committed to Arkansas at the game like he told me he would. Um but he said that he has to talk more to Thomas Brown and Mark Richt and that there was a very strong chance that he would be visiting Miami in January. But you know, they gotta take a look at Travis at um Travis Homer and see how they feel he fits in. So there's a lot of work to be done at the running back position.
13: Okay, Gary, I wanted, I wanted to find out from you as far as, like, you know, what, what, what were, like, the internal failures just, just just from Miami in regards to them just missing in certain several different areas and why this program just kind of fell behind? I mean, I, I can easily say we just put it all on Golden and he got here and he really didn't know what he was doing. My biggest failure with Golden is he, he never made any changes. He never made any adjustment. It was like he was just rock solid that his way was going to be successful. And the only proven track record that he had was at Temple. And that's not going to get it here.
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot more time talking about Coach Golden. I mean, it, it, you know, he had more support than any coach that's been at Miami in recent history, obviously. And, you know, he didn't get it done. I mean, but he, okay. he, he, he certainly can't complain that he didn't get a chance to get it done, in my opinion.
13: All right. My my last final comment I want to kind of find out from you is when you were down at the Under Armour game in regards to seeing all that talent, all those players, could you give me an idea of players that may not have been interested in Miami that's possibly interested right now in regards to maybe securing a visit or we have a potential or a great chance of maybe being able to land?
5: Oh man, let me see here. Um fortunately I have my under armor notes right here next to me so I, I I won't leave anybody out. Um uh Carlos Becker, cornerback from Kissimmee. Um he he was one that I spent some time with and he was going to visit if he, he he you know, he had transportation issues and he needed somebody to drive him down uh from the Orlando area and if he was able to get that done, then you know, he said that he would visit. Um, there was a cornerback out of Louisiana, him Carter was another one that, oh, that's awesome. yeah, that, that I that, thought that, potentially that's... could could get into the mix. Um, um, let's see. Um, Nate Craig Myers, wide receiver out of Tampa Catholic. Uh, he really likes Kevin Beard. And if, if Kevin Beard stays... Then I think Nate Craig Myers will find a way to unofficially visit Miami. Uh, then there was another cornerback um, who really is blowing up by the name of Nigel Not. And yeah,
13: yeah, Mississippi, yeah.
5: Yeah, he's being looked. He's looking at uh, Bama and USC and Florida also, but uh, he suggested that he potentially. Would also be visiting Miami, so uh, they're getting in on more and more kids all the time. But those were some of the ones up at Under Armour that I spoke to that uh, that told me that they'd be um, probably visiting Miami in January.
13: Now you know we have issues with D tackles, and there's a kid out of Louisiana named DeMarcus Christian Giles, Christmas. I think it's Christmas yeah, Giles we were, or whatever. Yep, I kind of know him. know I know kind of know of him indirectly where well, I've got some insight that he may be interested in visiting Miami. What are you hearing?
5: That's what he told us. We were actually texting with him uh, earlier this evening. And, um, yeah, it's looking like he he might visit. He might visit. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I Would like I, it, but, I, 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 but I, can't, I can't say enough, and I know I'm sounding like a broken record a little bit here. This is all in flux, man. You know, you got the coaches coming in. Uh, today was the first big day. Tomorrow Mike Rumpf comes in, and, and – um they're going to be sitting down through the weekend and re- basically re just about everybody on the board and, and, and putting new pecking orders together. So um, when, it's really, when, really, totally wide open.
13: When would you think that we're going to have the final uh, coaching staff all together? Do you think it will extend beyond signing day? I've seen that happen before. Do you think – because there's really only three recruiting weekends in January. There's the 15th, I don't see the 22nd, would, and
5: the 21st. Unless, unless he's hiring somebody who's, who's coaching in the playoffs in the NFL. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure why it would go that far. I mean, college football season, you only have two teams that are left, you know, Clemson and and, and Alabama. I mean, there is nobody else. So if you're hiring somebody from one of those programs, they'll be done in a few days, uh, and you can you can hire them. So I don't see any reason why it has to go that far.
13: Oh, okay. Well, i tell you what. Um,
5: I, I think, you know, we want to change,
13: and I think we do have change. I don't think we need to have unrealistic expectations like we're going to win a national championship next year. I think you really need to judge this coaching staff on, on next year's recruiting class and the recruiting class after that. So they haven't built relationships, but they have relationship with all these kids, but not from the school's perspective, like they're recruiting them to kind of come to Miami. You know, over the next two years they'll be able to do that in the seventeen and eighteen year class. So that's something that we need to kinda of look at. But, you know, now I think all we need to do is just be in a position to really support these guys. You know, and see how our teams kinda of turn out from here. You talked about the five guys that are possibly not gonna be on the team next year. Um, do we are there any potential incoming transfers, fifth year senior guys that may be coming into the program
5: that you've been hearing about? Don't know. It's always possible with all all these new coaches coming in.
13: Okay. Well, Happy New Year, Gary. I
5: appreciate you for getting
13: me on the call. You just keep me on hold. You got a lot of work to do, man. I hope you can sleep when you can because we're going to be blowing you up. We want to know what's going on with our team. You do a good job. We're keeping us informed. We'll
5: we'll be killing it here for the next three weeks, but then hopefully uh, everybody will excuse us if we take a day or two off here or there. (laughs) All right. All right, man. You take it easy, Gary. Keep me on hold. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the uh nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
2: Hey Gary, how's it going, man? It's Prince Akil.
5: Hey, what's up, Prince? What you got for us? Uh, I, I, I I I think I just,
2: I think I just I think I really just asked you that question um earlier, um, uh in the trend, um, about the coaches uh about the coaching, um the strength and conditioning coaches. But I think you already answered that. But my question to you is with Mark Rich taking a approach of hiring all of these young coaches like your your Mike uh your, Mike Rumpf, uh, your Diaz, uh, things of that nature, those young, what do you think, and I'm asking for your honor, what do you think is his mindset with getting some of these young, for the most part, not really proven, proven, besides Diaz, but like a Mike Rumpf the in in the possibility of let's say a Kevin Beer, what do you think about him taking an investment in these young coaches, his son Mike Grump and a Diaz? What do you think about why Why would you he think he'd flip his philosophy into thomas Brown and Thomas Brown? Why do you think he would have a philosophy of hire such a young coach as opposed to well established
5: Here, coaches? Here's what I think you know this is a guy that's been around for a while he 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 went through the entire gamut at Georgia and had great years, had some years where they underachieved a little bit and uh different pressures and and those sorts of things. And um the last four years or so when he at Georgia were packed with a lot of pressure. And I think that because of that pressure that he was kind of forced to go out and hire coaches who were at the top end reputation wise who commanded huge salaries and it didn't really work out for him like it was supposed to and you know you're always hiring those guys and they're supposed to be the immediate answer to all your problems and um it it really blew up this past year with Pruitt in particular who's considered one of the top defensive coordinators in the country so I think this time around coming into Miami with total job security and and not having people dictating to him what type of coaches he had to hire. Um, I think he was seeking guys that are family men that will fit into the type of program that he wants to run, not just from the player standpoint, but from his coaching staff and the type of camaraderie that he wants his coaches to have with each other, the relationships he wants their wives to have with each other. And, um, I think that those were priorities for him in putting the staff together, and I think you know you know you've got uh, I get you know what I would consider a a so-called rock star in the defensive line coach, but um, you know Thomas Brown might be too young to really be even though they had to outbid Georgia for him to be put into that kind of classification, Um, but for the most part you know you just have a bunch of young coaches, um, guys that are that are hungry to continue making a mark in their career that are very happy. To be at Miami, a place like Miami, coming from where you know they've been coming from, and um, that I think is the way he's putting his staff together. And he wasn't really worried about going out and hiring so-called superstar coaches. That's my observation.
3: Okay.
2: And um, one more, well, two more points. Uh, one is in regards to Archie. I think I understand that coach. Martin, he wants to clean slate and, and start everything fresh, so he could build a program the way he he wants to. But I'm not really, and I understand it's business. I understand it's business, but when you have a coach that's in the Hall of Fame, uh, five national championships, either player or coach, I think the same approach that he probably would have indirectly took with Larry Larry Scott, he should have took with Art Kehoe. Give him this year. Let him have his one year. All right, do your thing for this one year. Okay, cool. You're going to naturally get yourself out of the system. And I think he set it up with Larry Scott so Larry Scott could naturally seek opportunities or opportunities to come to him because he knew at the end of the day he wouldn't want to be there. But with Art Kehoe, I think – from a from a from a from a, from, a, from a from a cold standpoint, you should have just allowed the man just to you know just 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 hey you know Art you've been here thirty years I understand we got a brother relationship I'm trying to move the ship in the right direction, in a different direction I'm gonna give you this one year and I'm gonna need you to do something else so I'm not really understanding the the, the psychological mindset of Mart Rich getting rid of someone like Art Who has been instrumental in the Hurricanes winning national championship? I mean, what's your thoughts? And I know you've been, Uh, I know you have some deep, deep thoughts on it.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, I love art, but I I think there was a deep commitment to bringing in fresh ideas and new faces and, and, and really changing the entire culture of this program. And it's hard to do that unless you really do it and you go the whole way. You can't do it half assed you know, you, you're not going to change the culture of a program by changing 50% of the coaching staff. So, uh, I, I think Mark Rick just had a deep commitment to doing that. He, he really wrestled with Art Kehoe. Um, they met the other day for, for three hours and kicked it around and talked about it. But at the end of the day, Mark Rick had a tough decision to make. And I assure you that was not an easy decision to tell Art Kehoe, you're not going to be at Miami anymore. But, uh, you know, as much as I hate to see it for Art, and, 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 I, and I, I, I love the guy and he's, his family and and everything he's done for the University of Miami, I understand the decision, and I understand why it was necessary, and um, I think that really, for the program and the sake of the program, that it's a positive that all these changes are taking place, because the, the program has been an underachieving mess for a long time now, and... It's time for just something different. Okay.
2: And my, my last, my last thought, and I, I just want to get your analysis on this. Um, when I look at a situation where you have a Mike Rumpf who, who for the most part, has just been recently uh, successful, and, 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 and whether you want to look at from national championship, but, but talk about from the coaching standpoint, uh, from a high school coaching standpoint. My question to you is, and I'm really just trying to understand the mindset. Maybe you can help me understand this. You have Mike Rump who played DB at UM, but then you also have a Roland Smith who played DB at UM. Roland Smith have won championships, whether well, it was Miami Central, Miami Northwestern, and Mike Rump just recently succeed just succeeded at uh, American Headers. And there's no knock to Mike Rump because I think bringing him in as a youth will have a, a great impact. But why not get the creme de la creme as far as the cream of the crop in South Florida when it comes to a hire like that, if you want to have a community ties with local kids and also bringing someone that has more of a direct ties to uh, uh, future uh, recruits and has uh, a passion for changing kids' mindsets from the classroom to, to the playing field and letting them know, hey, listen, you can go chase your dreams. So what do you think was a major decision, and do you think it was just more of a natural fit because Mike Rump had already had a relationship with uh, 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 Coach Rich when it sense to sending his players to Georgia opposed to picking a coach like a, a Roland Smith? Am I making sense at all? Uh, yeah,
5: I understand what you're saying. I, I, You know, that's a tough question to answer. I don't know. I haven't spoken to Roland the last few days. I don't know if he actually interviewed for the job or not or tried to get the job. Um uh, so I, it's hard for me to comment on why Mark Rick might have picked Rumpf over Roland Smith. But, um, you know, Rumpf is way more accomplished as a, as a player, uh, has all those years in the National Football League, which is something that will impress high school kids and their families. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's been been in the league. He, he was a, a star player in college, uh, was drafted in the first round, went on to have a good career in the NFL. And, you know, that's going to carry some weight in Holmes, maybe more so than the Roland Smith resume, even though he's very accomplished as a high school coach. And so, I mean, I could see it. It, 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 It's not certainly anything that I would question, but specifically Roland Smith, I don't know if he even applied for the job. But if he did, that would be why he wouldn't have gotten it over Rumps. Okay. Thank you,
2: Gary. Last thing. So I know you said something about the new website because, like, I got an iPhone and I've been having problems posting new topics when it comes to that. Yeah, so,
5: yeah, uh, it, it, that's because new technology is is being integrated with old technology. And you know, I posted about this a couple months ago that while as this transition was starting to take place, that the apps and things would start acting a little funky. And if you look at the top of the message board, there's a workaround that I put there that will solve that problem for you in the meantime. But when this new site launches next Tuesday, it's going to be very mobile-friendly. You're really going to be able to use it um, very well in your mobile browser. Uh, We'll probably still do an app rebuild once everything's done, but that's the problem you're having. It's just that there's little quirks in the technology, and with things changing daily right now, we can't just keep, up to having the app updated, and it takes a week to submit it to Apple and that kind of thing. So um, that's why I put out, I think in August, it was that this was going to be happening, and to start preparing for it. So if you want to work around here for the for, for the next several days or whatever, um, look at the top of the message board. You'll see there's a, a pinned post there by me from uh, from the summer that tells you how to deal with the issue.
2: Okay, and Garrett, last thing, when you get a chance to look into Blab, because I think the way that you conduct your shows is excellent and great, and I love the interaction. But look into, you ever heard of Blab? Uh, L-A-B? Yeah, yeah. I'll look into it. Look into Blab. All right, appreciate you, man. I appreciate all your hard work All right, appreciate
5: you. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's try to fit a few more in tonight real quick. Keep your comments tight. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Teen Sport Live. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Who's this? is
3: Randy.
5: What's up, Randy? I've got
3: to say, I got my cases on. My cases, my case. Come
5: on, man. To get to the point. We're late in the show. i got to try to get people on. What you got? Unbelievable. Jesus. We're trying to get people on, and he's playing games. Let's go to the 347. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
4: Hey, Gary. What's going on? This is uh, Kwame. How are you?
5: Hey, what's up, Kwame? Happy New Year. How you been?
4: Happy New Year! Can't complain too much. Um, I'm <clears throat> I, I like the hires, you know. Uh, I I definitely think he has uh, teased them out, if you will. But uh, I will say that uh, I'm anxious to see, you know, how long this sort of waiting game goes with the wide receivers coach and the tight ends coach, because if he is holding out for Mario. That's a that's a game changer this month.
5: He's waiting for somebody because it's you know, now well I say that, but it it's really only been a couple of days since Larry Scott turned the job down. So maybe maybe he got blindsided by that and expected Larry Scott to stay on the staff and now he's kind of at square one with the tight end job. Um so maybe you know, maybe we should just sit back and let it unfold. Yeah.
4: Cuz <clears throat> uh, um I mean, I don't know how much Mario is getting paid to be the offensive line coach at Alabama. Uh, but making it would a lot have of money. At,
2: oh,
5: yeah, I wouldn't say he's only making the beginning over 300000 Oh, it's way more than that. No, I mean, wh- what you see published, which is like in the six, $700,000 range, is only the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they give those coaches up there huge bonuses. The fact that they're in the national title game, I bet you those guys will – you all get six-figure bonuses for making the national title game and things like that. They make a lot of money up there.
4: Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, why would you ease that kind of money? I mean, I, I mean I'm sure from what, I was, what I've read, you know, the administration has given uh, Mark Rick that extra $3 million to spend on assistance, which is unheard of at Miami. Uh well, and, well, why would so Mario come back
5: to Miami? I mean, A, it's home. He played there. It's his life dream to be the head coach there. His his family lives in Miami. He's a Miami guy, grew up in Miami, and he might want to raise his his family in Miami as opposed to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I I can think of a million reasons why Mario would make the move, but I just don't know if they're going to go after him or not. Yeah. I mean,
4: it's worth it, it. It's worth it. Are there other tight end coaches out there of prominence? Because in my mind, you know, if not Mario, just me. I'm gonna throw this out there. I haven't heard this tonight. I've been listening, but in my mind, you know, you make your enemies your friends, and I, I would be having a, a conversation with Tim Brewster's agent.
5: Oh, I hate that idea. I saw that on the board today. Oh, that
4: guy.
5: <laughs> I don't. I'm not a fan of that guy.
4: Uh, hey. Hey, sometimes you got to co-op people, Gary. It's, it's
5: business. <laughs> yeah, I got it's you. It's business, man, Gary. I'll tell you, that would be a tough one to stomach. I think it would take a few weeks to to absorb <laughs> that hire.
4: <higher>. It's business. <laughs> it's business. You know, I mean, could, could you imagine that Tim Bruce as a tight end coach? I'll tell nope. you, Gary. We're, nope. we're, 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 we No. We 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 beggars can't be choosers here. Okay. <laughs>
5: I don't think they're beggars right now and looking for a tight end coach, that they got to hire him. Hmm. So we'll see. You got anything uh,
4: else? Which tight end coach? Nothing, no more, but I would just leave you with this. Which tight end coach has more ties in the state of Florida than Tim Brewster?
5: He does, but why would but, but he's 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 entrenched in Florida State right now. Why would he leave Florida State and come to Miami? It makes Nobody's no sense. entrenched anywhere who's
4: in an offensive No, but he's entrenched, with, he's
5: entrenched with Jimbo. Come, come on. on. He's Jimbo's right-hand no guy. He, he recruits South Florida for them. He's not coming here. I'd be stunned. All right, let me try to get a hey. few more guys on here. Uh, give us a call next week, okay? Take care, buddy. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 786 now. You're live on King Sport Live. You with us? Yeah, Gary? Oh, wait. I'll I'll come right back to you. Here you go. I'll put you back on. Go ahead. Who's this?
11: Yeah, Gary? Yep. Yep. Can you hear me?
5: Yeah, come on. Go ahead. Yeah, you're on. All right,
0: quick question.
7: Gary, if you had to give a grade on paper, what grade would
6: you give this, this staff?
5: Man. I mean until you see them work together and accomplish something, you know, maybe you would start at B, you know, just, just Mm -hmm. because, you know, there aren't a lot of superstar hires on there. You know, if, and, you know, nothing, certainly not looking to diminish Manny Diaz, um, but, you know, I think, for example, a Dave Aranda, who Miami did explore, uh, you know, might've been a sexier defensive coordinator hire and, 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 and think, you know, something along those lines. But, you know, Mark Rick knows knows what he's doing, and, and you know, he's going to run the offense, and, and, and he's, he, like I said earlier, he's looking for certain type of guys that are going to be a cultural fit to what he wants to do. So I don't think that any of us out here can really judge it, uh, you know, based on the, the star power, per se, of the coaches he's hiring. But if if you're putting a grade to it, you kind of have to do that, and so you're putting a gun to my hands, and I have to give you a grade, you know, maybe I would start at a B and and see where they go from here.
11: Okay. How long now? How long would it be fair to grade this staff and the coach?
5: I think you got to certainly see how they do. You know, the entire season, and you know, depending on how that goes, you, you might have to have some flexibility into the next one. I mean. You know, this is a, a a big deal going on here. This team needs a lot of work. It needs a cultural adjustment. It needs a schematic adjustment. And the roster is certainly not where it should be at Miami. So th- this is a big job, and there's a lot to be done here. And uh, so I think, you know, because the coastal is the coastal, this the fact that they're going to have to go through all this and do it all doesn't necessarily have to equate to having a miserable season. You know, you think about, oh, a disastrous transition year of six or seven wins. I don't think that has to be be the case at all because of the fact that the Coastal is the Coastal, and they have some very good players coming back next year. You've got a good quarterback. You've got a lot of skilled players on offense. you got guys with potential on defense. They've underachieved. Uh, a lot of people will say because of the coaching. But it's not like you're starting from scratch here. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I think we just gotta let it play out, and, and, and judge it as it goes, and be flexible.
6: Yeah. My There's last question flexi- to you.
5: Flexibility and judgment. That...
7: Okay, fair. My last question to you is:
2: How are the players taking it? How are the players taking all this change and all this new coaching staff?
5: You know, we haven't really had a chance to talk to many of them, but you know, they're kids. They're 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 anxious. You know, any anytime you have all this change going on around you, and, and everything as you've known it, from the time that you were recruited, the coaches that recruited you, when when you arrived on campus, what what was there, who you've been dealing with every day of your life, morning till night, you know, because you know how much time these guys spent on football. It's all been blown up, man. I mean, some you know a, a nuclear bomb has been taken to the place, and uh, so, you know, there, there's going to be some un, uneasy feelings and some nervousness and tension, but That'll dissipate over time as they get used to working with each other.
2: I'm, I'm hoping because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a bush lover and I was hoping he comes back, but I'll give a uh, rich a, uh, you know, a shot and hopefully he comes and he does better than uh, when
6: than what what I expected. I'll be honest with you, but um, let's see, man, let's just cheer for them and show up to the games and just you know support the team, the coaches and hopefully we uh they surprise all of us.
5: Yep. I so, uh, appreciate
6: that, Gary. You All have right, a man. nice one. Happy Thanks evening.
5: for being part of the show. Let's um, let's go one more call tonight. Let's go to the uh, 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yes, that's you.
0: What's happening, Gary?
5: Doing good. Who's this? Uh,
0: Jake at 2410
5: Hey, what's up, Jake? How are you doing tonight?
0: Oh my God, I'm great. I just ordered my monkey munch from nuts.com. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see what it tastes like. I'll give you I'll give did, you a heads up in a
5: couple weeks. Did you really order it?
0: No, I swear to God, I just I mean you sold it so great and you know, you said monkey much I might, let let me try it. So that's what I did. Um I think elves worked there because it's already been shipped, so it's weird.
5: <laughs> that's great. Yeah.
0: Um, so I know it's the end of the show. Let me ask you this. Um, has there been any indication from Rick uh for you guys or for the public uh if he is going to uh allow a little bit more exposure uh with practices, you know, especially in the spring with the public and in the media
5: guys or we don't we have no idea. we haven't gotten that far with him and I'm sure he hasn't even thought about that yet. I hope so. I mean I yeah, hope I, mean, we're it allowed, would be, I hope, hope so. we're allowed out there every single day because obviously everybody cares a lot. So I I hope can, I
0: hope he I hope he opens up you know a little bit more of the practices to the public. You know, I think I think it'd be a good thing. Again, you know, this is all stuff that they thing. you know they did exactly, I agree with you. It's not running um, any,
5: run at Georgia, so there's no secrets.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you know, I found it kind of odd that he hired a a free safety coach that with limited experience. Uh, obviously with a an attacking defense you're you're exposed more to the big plays. So right? I I'm kind of surprised in hire somebody, you know, a, a, you know, more of a, a bigger name coach, you know, to kind yeah, of get those I, safeties I, in line. I, that, know,
5: that's it, it's funny. I mean, I I don't screw up much, but I screwed up for a few minutes yesterday because um I got a tip that he was hiring the safeties coach um from Mississippi State. So I go, I, I look up who the safeties coach is. Um, and I see that the safeties coach was Hughes, who who took the head coaching job at Jackson State. But you know, obviously, uh, you take the head coaching job at Jackson State probably pays a couple hundred thousand a year, two hundred, two fifty, something like that. I'm thinking, all right, so they went in and they offered this guy five hundred thousand dollars or something like that, and he's going to be the, the the new safeties coach at Miami. And, and then I found out like an hour later that it wasn't him; that it was the GA that was working under. Oh my him. God! I mean, I was shocked. I, I- really was. But I will say this: we, we've spoken to some Mississippi State players, and uh, they speak very highly of the guy, and, and right. they say that really he really was a good coach for them and, and helped them get ready for games and things like that. So, like all the hires, I think he, you know you got to give it a chance. I mean, um, obviously, it, it, I mean he it, it, has it, it, worked with this, with, with this guy for you know for the whole season and, and felt strongly enough about him to recommend him to Mark Ricks, So.
0: Right, and I'm sure him and, and uh, Rump will, you know, obviously they'll be together doing, you know, you know, coaching the D- DB. So maybe, maybe that type of interaction, you know, works out well. Uh, you know, uh, in regards to them moving the practices to the afternoon, that, I mean, that's that's music to my ears. I'm I'm glad for that. Uh, you know, I, it, I it, these kids, you know, they've got to be tired in the morning. I don't see how anybody practices it c- consistently at five o'clock in the morning or five thirty. I just don't think it works. You know, I think you know, you, you take your classes in the morning, you go to practice in the afternoon. You know, you're not tired, you're not exhausted you know and you you take care of your business so um you know obviously you know we need a, a a bubble to be built in regards to the weather as that's always been an issue so i guess that's still pending um the running backs coach uh brown you know i think his biggest assignment coming in the spring if if Rick likes big backs is finally teaching gus edwards how to run with a lower pad level that's that's the only problem this kid has there's nothing intimida- intimidating about gus edwards when he runs the football i'm sorry uh, if he learned how to lower his pad level and maybe you know you know truck some people at some points, maybe that'd be a different story. But I really think that's the biggest thing for him coming in in the spring is taking Gus and teaching him how to run with his pads lower. Do you agree with that?
5: Yeah, I would agree, but he he was moving in that direction I mean uh, Gus was ready to have a great season. He was in great shape, he was running faster than he ever ran, looked like a million dollars, then he got hurt, you know, so hopefully his rehab is going well, and he can come back and 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 do it next year because I think he's gonna be a really good fit in mark rick's offense
0: it It sounds like he's got the size uh last
5: point you know, a poster
0: posted today in regards to you know this being a rebuild, and you know I'm sure there's you know people that have their different thoughts on this. I don't look at this as a rebuild, a rebuild to me. Means three years where we win five games this year, seven the next, and maybe ten, you know, the year after. Um, this isn't a rebuild. We're, we're not rebuilding. Yeah, it, shit it, it, here.
5: it doesn't have to be that kind of rebuild. You're right.
0: Okay. This, yeah, this is this is where this is. You know, we're going to go in and we're going to rearrange the furniture. We're going to take some furniture and throw it out on the trash pile. But we're not we're not rebuilding anything. This isn't a rebuild of this team. This,
5: but, this but let is let me an eight-win is, team though. in September. From a cultural standpoint and a football schematic standpoint, it's a massive rebuild. Massive. But that that doesn't mean it has to, like I said a few minutes ago, that doesn't mean it has to equate to a six-win season. So I agree with you.
0: This is is an eight-win team, in my opinion. Last point, I know why Coach Kehoe did not get rehired.
5: Go ahead. Why?
0: Because when he was sitting down with Rick in his meeting... Rick probably asked him, hey, Hardy, you know, what happened this year? And what he failed to say was, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's why Hardy didn't get hired this year. Herbie hired.
5: Well, I mean, you know, the, the personnel at that position is not where it should Ex- be. Exactly. And, so, and, and, but, but you know what? You know, that's part you know, Art has to take some blame for that. You know, I mean, recruiting has not been Art's forte for a long time. I mean, Art thrived back in the days when he can go up into Canada and pull a Richard Mercier and and kids like that and a Casey Jones and 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 take these overachieving kids. But college football is a different game now. Yeah, you, know, you you have bigger bodies at the line of scrimmage, and you know, the Nick Linders of the world just don't you know just aren't. You know, don't get it done anymore at, at at this level. And you know, I mean, you know, Nick started every game this year, and and I mean, God, I I hate when I have to, when I have to give these opinions because I'm always afraid that moms and dads are listening are going to get mad at me. But he's a backup level talent. I mean, he is not well, I mean, a front line starting offensive lineman for a top ten team in college we, football.
0: No I, no, I feel you. But he was a sophomore this year. I mean, his rookie right year, here, he played pretty one. decently.
5: He, he was okay. but I, I, I mean, I, I, I remember you, him you getting compare, kind of props,
0: you know, his, his and, freshman season. I, you know. Look,
5: you compare this offensive line that played this year for Miami with an offensive line at, say, Michigan State or – um, well, I'll use that a word again, but I mean that's kind of obvious. They're playing for the national title, and they were the na- they were the national offensive line of the year. But I mean, you put the, you could try to compare this line, to Alabama's line. I mean, come on, There's definitely a size. In the same, there's, there's, it's
0: there's
5: not even a in the size same and stratosphere. Not, it's yeah, not no, you're, you're right, tra- dude. I'm talking about pure talent-wise, not even in the same stratosphere, and that's unacceptable for Miami. Miami should be recruiting in the same pool of players and athletes that all these schools around the country. There's no reason in the world why Michigan State should have a better offensive line than Miami. That's what's going to change. That's the Mark Rick mission here and the coaching staff. And um, hopefully they're working on that right now over there at the Schwartz Center while we sit here and, and, and talk about it. So, anyway, hey, thanks a for problem. being part of the show. Uh, give us a call again next week. Have a good one, brother. All right, man. Hey, I want to thank everybody for participating tonight. Great show. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, We'll be back again. Let me just double check my calendar real quick. But I'm I'm pretty sure we'll be back again next. uh, Yeah, we'll be back uh, next Tuesday night. Uh, once again, for our next Kane Sport Live show, hopefully by then recruiting starts to take some semblance of form, even though it'll be the first days after the dead period. And uh, we'll start getting a better idea of who the coaches are uh, zeroing in on here in the final three weeks uh, to try to land in this recruiting class. So thank you again to everybody who participated and good night, everybody.